and welcome to another episode of How to Waste Your Time. I'm D. Rye Equipado uh, here on the wavelengths, on the ear earbuds. Um, I'm not going to introduce my co-host today. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you. Thank you for being so brave and so bold. Uh, I'm Holden Hintz, if you uh, didn't already know that. I'm the uh, co-owner of Hintz Mints Incorporated. Please hit me up if you want a share or a, um, a, a owning uh, stock in that um, LCC. Um, and don't forget about our catchphrase, unfreshing believable. That's not bad. Trademarked. Not bad. Uh, the other catchphrase is the, is the commercial. It's the commercial where somebody is, gets like a whiff of the breath and go, oof. And they shake the can and they say, Hintzmints, shut the fresh up. And I, like, then, I like that less. Um, but I do see that it would be a good just 30 second spot. Right. Shut the fresh up. And then he looks at him and he says, you deserve it. And he winks. And he pops the Hintzmints in his mouth. Not bad. Not bad. Fresh to death. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of products that are... D-Rye related and it's all just bread. Oh. Yeah, we got Rye Street uh, not too far from us. Yeah. Rye's Deli. Um, Rise and Shine. I could run a breakfast place, but Ooh, I also be serving. Rise and Shine. Uh, yeah. You could you could be, uh, it could be a breakfast place and they could also be sh- a shoe shining halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not too bad. All the, all the uh, chairs and tables are like six feet off the ground, so you they can just walk by and shine you up while you're uh, having having a breakfast. Welcome to the pod, everybody. This is, this is our usual content. Traditional. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a, a long time listener, um, welcome back. Welcome back. It's good to have you. Um, you know, it would be good to have some emails, but we didn't get any, so no timetable for you. You're, oh, right. I totally forgot we're starting with emails. How you, much? Uh, you're punished for. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just saying you're punished for not. For no one else writing in. So you have no one to blame but yourselves. Yourselves. Your your, your family, your friends, your uh, associates. Um in any case, uh, we're 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 on a um a time uh, budget because I, I don't know if I explained this last episode, but I have a baby on the way and nothing is built yet. And my wife says, uh, I'm a bad dad dad if I don't Build, build some ferny, ferny. If you're catching what I'm saying, uh, listeners. So, uh, dear and I will be building a uh, shelf here shortly. Um, so we're gonna lightning speed through this this podcast. Yeah, touch on emails real quick. Did you want to? How much dark have you watched, bro? You, can you hear that? I was like trying to skip past that. Like <laughs> I clearly did not even reference that. I want to hear your excuse for this month, dude. Uh, okay, so. Jared McBride uh, asked us to watch Dark two podcast episodes ago, two months ago. Um, on while I was on, uh, I guess the, the reason why this podcast is coming out so late because I spent two weeks in a work trip uh, in South Carolina, and so I downloaded the whole first season of Dark. I saw him at the baby shower uh, this month. I told him, "Hey, man, I'm gonna finish the first season. It's all downloaded on the iPad. I'm good." I proceeded to, on the plane ride, watch like three or four episodes. I think I'm up to episode six now. I think it's a 10 episode season one. So I didn't finish it. But uh, was it you that brought up the timeline that you found like an online timeline? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
there's a there's a it, whole um just a guide i think it's just made by the show creators and you can pick what episode you're on and it'll give you basically exactly show notes and also what's important is that like a lot of the characters they're the same character but they're different places in time right and for whatever reason for me it's like uh, german faces are completely irrecognizable from each other and every time someone pops up on the show i'm like oh, oh, who's that what is he doing wait who is that guy yeah i'm i kind of get the same vibes because like a lot of things are like eric where is eric are you yeah. are you mars are you yeah. is this where did lars go and i'm like yeah. oh which one is he yeah so that would be helpful for me because like i said i'm six episodes down the the they go back and forth from the eighties yeah, to like modern day and it's what's the three um Mads Miko Michael Mads is those are those are technically those are three different characters yeah it you know could I mean? could be one character in real life you could your name could be no spoilers dude. Mike uh oh uh 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 I'm enjoying it yeah it's it's good um our, we'll hold up hold our ratings until we finish it. <laughs> There's your monthly dark update. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Season two's a banger. Yeah, if you guys... <laughs> are you on season two? I'm about to finish season two. Oh, it's even better. Yeah, it gets... It, like I said, the first season, like seven episodes are set up. So yeah. now it's like... It's kind of in a stride that I really enjoy. And as, as far as like some of the science and theories that come out of it are also really fun and entertaining because you don't really see them explained as well in other time travel type of uh media yeah i do love time travel i think it's just the the it's such a moody show it's hard for me to be like it's hard to binge like multiple episodes because right. you feel i feel down i feel kind of down after watching a few and i'm like i gotta i gotta go get a drink of water or something yeah it's just it's just a lot of heavy content like a lot of like layers to it that you can't always see. And so yeah, and your like, your brain's thinking really, really hard. Yeah, and this sort of kind of weighs you down a little bit, but it's good. I'm enjoying it. Looks good. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about dubs when we get to our uh, TV section, but oof, I'm excited to hear about that. Okay, uh, this is going to be the cue that will set off uh, movie talk to get the show rolling. So, without further ado. What do you think for this? Uh, people screaming at Alfred Hitchcock birds. I don't change up the cues. I know. I, I know. <laughs> oh, so you're trolling me? Am I getting trolled? Is my that's what it, every month I want to, I hear something different in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's fine. As, as far as cues go. Yeah, it must be easy not editing the podcast and just waiting for it to come out. Well, I'm, I'm currently editing it in my head. Oh, <laughs> You know, okay, well, let so, me know when so what the, so what I hear is different than than the final product, obviously. Yeah, I'll grab a USB drive if you could just export that out of your head and and then I can put that in the computer. That'd be great. Thanks, man. Like I said, speed run. We're talking at one point five, and then we're slowing it back down to release it. So, so if you're listening to it at one point five right now, you're actually listening to it at two times speed. Yeah, that's how that's how fast we talk. That's how dedicated we are to the speed run. Uh, so the movie I'm going to be watching is a 1990s classic that I heard you have never seen. It is called Demolition Man. Do you know anything about it? I've heard the uh, title before. Um, so I'm going to assume that it's a documentary of no a uh, 
uh, so it's this uh, steel worker, and he's a he's just spends his days breaking down cars and different different type of metals and scrapping them, and then sending them to the steel mill. It's a demolition man. Yeah, Larry the Demolition Man. Like before, he was Larry the Cable Guy. He was Larry the Demolition Man. Uh, no, it's a uh, 1993 classic with Sylvester Stallone as uh, he plays John Spartan. Uh, big shout out to uh, Bungie for st- stealing that one and their uh, Halo Combat Evolved series. And then it also stars uh, Wesley Snipes playing Simon Phoenix, a.k.a. the... Uh, what a badass name. Yeah, the quintessential villain of like all time. So the the very basic plot of it is they're... In our day, they're uh, a cop and a, like a, a criminal. Uh, so Stallone's a cop. Uh, oh, cops and robbers. Yeah, just classic cops and robbers. And they both, um, I, I think it's, it's somewhat in the future. And then they both uh, get um, charged for a crime. And they both get put on ice. And, put on ice. And then it's the future. Freeze. It's, <laughs> Everybody freeze. Cool it. <laughs> um, wrong, wrong guy. This is Sylvester, not Arnold. Uh, but, but essentially what happens is they wake up. Well, somebody wakes up Simon Phoenix before he's supposed to be woken up. And it's like the future future. It's like utopian future. It's, it, it's also based in reality. So somebody wakes up Wesley Snipes and he's not supposed to be woken up. And he goes loose, but... The problem is in this future state, it's a utopia. It's um, basically like Los Angeles and San Diego combined as one. And the police don't know how to like arrest people or do danger because they live in like a perfect utopian world. There's no criminals. There's nothing. There's no crime. There's no crime. And so the police force are just like mall cops, essentially. And they're just like, they like watch video and they like high five each other. And it's all like super happy go lucky. Um, and it's not even that far in the future. It's only like 50, 60 years in the future. But it's like... Like, like 2055 or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But it's brilliant because Sandra Bullock plays this super naive, like, rookie, uh, young shot, like, cop who, like, loves the 80s and loves the 90s. And so she's, like, reminisces on it. But, like, nowadays it's like, oh, all that kind of, like, stuff is outlawed. There's no more, like, diesel cars. Like, everything's, like, all, like, fuel emission safe. So it's, like... That's There's things cool. that she's nostalgic for, but she was never alive for. She's like definitely has like an old soul. Um, so that was their that was their sentence for their crime was to be frozen. Frozen, yeah. And so they had to bring John Spartan out because he was the only person who ever arrested Simon Phoenix. And so they unfroze him before his time was due too. And he's like, "What the hell is going on?" And then you hear in the background, eh. and it's like, uh, "You have been fined one violation for." Uh, bad words, and he's like, he's like "F you," and like, eh. yeah, and so it's just it's a reoccurring bit. Like it's this it's this future that's like perfect, you know. Is this is this like a an action comedy? It is totally like a campy action film with like undertones of like comedy that just really work. Like Sandra Bullock is so like like her her naiveness in this film is like mm-hmm. beautiful. I I I expected this movie to be so bad. I loved it. I absolutely love this movie it was so good yeah that is that's what i do know about this movie is that there's quite a there's like a general fondness of it not like i've never heard that it was bad or good but everyone just seems to like it yeah i I think um campy horror films don't really work for me i for something about them it's just like like if i go back and watch like the slasher films like friday 13th it's just gonna be like oh brother you know 
because it's just like corny over the top because it almost is like maybe self-serious at that point in time but campy action films that like were like self-aware were excellent and i really really like a lot of that stuff yeah and because it's it is ham-fisted but it it also has this 80s 90s like golden rose tinted glasses tinge to it that's just like oh this is really cool and it's like watching some of those old like Kurt Russell films is really awesome. Yeah, those those I love those. Escape L.A. is probably one of my favorite like campy action movies ever. Um, yeah, I still need to watch that. The National Lampoon one with Charlie Sheen. Um, I don't know. I forget the the title of it, but it's it's that one's also like extremely goofy. Because that, that one might be too on the nose. I that, think I yeah, that's what I was about to say. About. It kind of goes. It kind of just crosses that line because I know there's like there's a few moments where it's just like, Oh, that's, that's too ridiculous, but it's kind of like a national lampoon movie. So it's like you, it's expected. They definitely take it to the next level. I I get what you're saying too, because like just having this conversation the other night with some family members that like every campy horror movie is just based off of evil dead and like evil dead kind of just does it the best. And it's the only like campy horror. I want to really, I really can enjoy that. And like maybe scream and like scary movie, those those kind of work for me but anything else that's like with with horror i do kind of just like i want you to take it seriously i want you to like you got to be creative to like scare scare somebody so it's like when you're loading it full of like campy horror jokes and stuff like that it's like i kind of it kind of just like i just i should have just watched a comedy yeah and i think that's my problem with like so the film you're talking about is hot shots yeah i think with charlie sheen my problem with that is it's it's like closer to like airplane, you know? What I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm it, saying. It's it, it's a it's a lampoon movie. It's like it's so ridiculous, <laughs> right? And and I think it it it, it works when uh, when it has to, but yeah, there's like it's definitely like a, where you're saying like Demolition Man. It's like I would love to sit down and watch that like lampoon movies. Like just put them on the TV and like yeah yeah you look back and forth. Yeah, it's like all oh, this scene's hilarious, and then when it's like. Talking about like trying to get through the wacky lampoon story, it's like okay, I can tune out. Right, exactly. Whereas like Demolition Man, you want to sit down and watch it and enjoy it. Right, right. And you and you want to follow the the plot line because the plot's really good. Like uh, the other thing that I noticed was fun. We watched the uh, UK version, and in the UK version, they had to uh, change something because um, in in canon, um, Taco Bell wins the franchise wars, meaning that. In the future, there are no more franchises. Everything is just Taco Bell because they've won that oh, war. Oh, Taco Bell won. Yeah, Taco Bell won. And so there's no more franchises, just Taco Bell. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And there's like this cool like futuristic Taco Bell. It's really cool. However, here's the uh, issue. They don't have Taco Bell in Europe. So they change it to Pizza Hut. And so you could see that it's like, very, it's like it's 90s. And so it's like very badly like put like... In editing, they put Pizza they Hut ma- on yeah, top they just, of it. They, they just masked. It. That's funny. But it like it doesn't really track, and so you can see like the logo trying to follow like certain shots, and you can still see like the bell on the doors, like everything shows it's talking about. But there's a few things that just cover in pizza. It's very funny. So there's the Pizza Hut cut, as it's known. That's that's pretty that's pretty incredible. I I love um the idea of Sylvester Stallone just walking around like a Taco Bell, like another Taco Bell. And they're like, yeah. Sandra Bullock's super like, oh, it's it's so much fun to go here and eat. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. 
F you. <laughs> it's great. It's classic. It's really good. Um, Dennis Larry's in it. Um, it. It's it's it was so much better than I was expecting, and I'm really looking forward to playing the pinball machine at, at the pinball hall of fame. That's the mm. reason I watched him. Um, I gave it a uh, 86. I think it was a really great movie. I think there's a lot of like I said campiness that you know can go either way. But Wesley Snipes does a great job as, as a villain. He's almost like cartoonish, like Jokerish type yeah, villain. Absolutely. Um, like almost reminds me of like Fifth Element type, like cartoonish, like with the, with like the villains. But it was it's still all fun, and, and it's like it's so good that I'm like I would totally be willing to rewatch it like this year. Like that's how much I enjoyed it, and I want to share it with other people. So watch Demolition Man. Do yourself a favor. Great, great movie. Really, I I love the whole like future aspect of like. It's sci-fi. It's, it's totally like a sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. It's it's really awesome. You should definitely check it out. Moving on to my watch of the month. Um, uh, I could have watched a classic from the 80s, 90s, but I watched the reboot. Candyman. Reboot. Uh, yeah, we, we avoided this one because no horror movies while the wifey's pregnant. Is that is that a real thing? Because I know she was asking about... Uh, Squid Game too, which seems like a really like calm, like I mean it's not calm, but it seems like mellow compared to like something like Candyman. Yeah, it it is compared to, but there's still some some decent uh scenes in um Squid Game. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll uh, get there. Yeah, Talking so about Candyman. Candyman, um, the original one. It's a horror film. The original one came out in like the '90s, and I remember. Uh, it, it's like one of the original. Yeah, '92. It's one of like. The, the premier like black horror films and like pr- yes. produced directed by a black male like yes um so i've only i only have memories of the other candy man but i'm really glad about this version because it's it is it, it's a sequel like it's pretty much a straight up sequel um uh one of our directorial favorites jordan peele um yeah i know he has a hand in this right yeah yeah the director no, he's not the director. He's the director. He's not the director. It's it was he's the writer. So it was written, writer. By, written by Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosefield, and then Nia DaCosta was the director. Nia DaCosta. Yeah. So that's a those that's a she she directed it, but I guess they all co wrote it together. And Fair enough. They're uh, three American um, black people who I realize now I I made an error just ten seconds ago. The original film was written and directed by Bernard Rose, who is a white man. So um, I definitely feel like they took something that they felt was a part of, of like black of American black culture. Cu- yeah, American yeah, culture. For sure. And made it their own, which I think is a, a kind of a powerful, cool thing to do. Yeah. Uh, just like from my memories of the first one, it wasn't like, um, I mean, it's, it's the same thing for both of them. They're based on the uh, projects and it, the entire reflection is that, um, you know, these marginalized people are being hunted by police, basically. So Candyman is the opposite of that, hunting down people of, you know, maybe more privilege or different skin color because of their gentrification of their, the projects or their neighborhoods. Yeah, the, the original one was about um, a slave that was murdered uh, and, and was, uh, he was murdered because he was in uh, dating the daughter of a wealthy white man so i i can imagine there's a lot of race relations in, in yes this one. so in the original um 
Who's that? Who's that actress? In the first one? Yeah. Uh, Virginia Madsen. Um, Virginia Madsen. That's the actress's name. That's. That's that's in in 1992. It says Virginia Madsen, and uh, Tony Todd played the played the uh, Candyman, I believe. Yeah, I I don't really want to give it away, but in that one, um, she basically is framed for kidnapping this black baby and is going to sacrifice him to the Candyman, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, but all of that storyline directly reflects to the storyline that is in this version, and it. And the way it was turned, like, kind of woven into, and you see these different characters that are, like, just super weird and creepy, um, is so perfect. I I do really appreciate this horror movie because um, it, w- it just wasn't as, uh, think of, I want to think of, like, Hereditary or something like that, where it was just, like, so overbearingly scary that, like, and, like, a visceral that like I didn't want to watch it at parts, but it's like with Candyman, it was like I was so um, pulled in by the characters and I was so invested into the characters to see like why they're acting this way, why are they going through this, and like why why Candyman was why why Candyman is Candyman, and um for most of those reasons, like dude, it's pretty much uh an easy like recommendation for for some modern horror. Um. It- it is the original one a requirement to watch the sequel? Absolutely not. There's a there's a lot of mentions um of the previous one, but it's all it's all explained. It's all basically in the sense that it's mentioned a lot, it's explained a lot of what the previous one is. It gives you a lot if you do know the previous one, but um it's not it's definitely not necessary. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely want to see it. Like, I I, I it's something that's going to be on our short list to watch, and I think we would have seen it if Steph wasn't pregnant. But it, that's just the nature of the beast. We're not even watching Walking Dead right now, and that's like one of our all time favorite shows. So, Ookie. um, so twenty minutes in, we were one category down. Uh, we're giving it a ninety out of a hundred. Nice. Watched, watched it live at my local AMC. Ate popcorn. Oh, actually, we brought we brought Wendy's into the theater. We did bring Wendy's. That's uh next level. That's yeah. That was like uh that was a game changer because I was just tired of that. Look, the AMC's kitchen is closed. I guess. Yeah, we need to have one that uh we need to have one that has like the the delivery. I went to one in in Phoenix where they like deliver you the food. Oh, to, to your, your seat. Yeah, and it has like the buttons on the like chairs. It's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, Demolition Man's available to stream. It says Hulu, Amazon Prime Video. Showtime. I think through the Showtime subscription. So just giving you a heads up if you wanted to watch that. All right, time to move on to TV. Keep this train a rolling. <laughs> I hate you. I'm talking about season two of Ted Lasso. You watched season one, correct? You've seen zero episodes of Ted Lasso. I've seen uh, bits and pieces. You, I saw that he was wearing. What shoes were he? Was he wearing on set? He wears a lot of drippy shoes. He he has a, he kinda, a good shoe game. Yeah, he's Ted always Lasso. had a good shoe game though. J- Jason Sudeikis. Has Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Has and I, I think it, I think it's probably just his shoes. It is. It's hundred percent his shoes. He talked about it on uh, the complex sneaker shopping. Um, 
so season two is a continuation of season one. I talked about season one on the show, so I'm not going to rehash anything about that. But I'll specifically talk about some good stuff that season two is going on. Um, ultimately, it, it's it's more of the same that you love. A lot about um, the relationships between the players and a lot about um, kind of, I guess, humanity. Like there's something so personal about it. And, and yeah, you could say it's a sports show or it's about soccer, but it, it really is becoming so much better than like a, a comedy sports show. It is, it is like a legitimate drama at this point. It, it's some of the performances are so powerful especially Jason Sudeikis. Like, he's given some great performance. His character has a lot of growth in this season. And you see the underlying issues in the first uh, season, but they explore it a lot deeper here. And I think they did a really good job. I think Alex Bergman was the director of a few of the episodes, and he really did a better job at kind of uh, developing his character and what it means and why his character is so layered. Because on the surface, it's just happy-go-lucky, podunk Kansas guy. But like it's so much deeper than that. He's got so many other underlying issues that show up in his interactions with players and with other coaches and with the owner, and kind of show season, that he, season two is working through those things. Yeah, and show that he's he's much more than just this one dimensional character that you kind of see him as in your head. You know what I mean? Right. Then that was based off of a quick little skit. Yeah, it was based. It was it was based off a commercial. It was just a, a commercial promoting Premier League sports and um, on NBC Sports. Like that, that was it. It was just like a couple. It was a couple commercials, and that was the only purpose of the, that character. And then they retouched the well, you know, depthed it out a lot. That's um, pretty cool, man. Brett Goldstein is fantastic. He plays a character named Roy Kent, and this is Roy's season. Like in the first season, he has a lot of like um, touch and goes, and he appearances. You know, he's a player. Uh, but in the second season, like this season is so much into his life and so much into um, uh, Juno Temple, his his uh, significant other. She's really great in it. And it's their relationship that goes back and forth between the two of them. And uh, I, I, his voice is so like therapeutic. He has like a really gruff like English accent. And it's, it, this is his character for Roy Kent. But I've also listened to his podcast. He has a, he has a podcast called... Um, and you may have even heard the name of the podcast, Movies to be Buried With. And it's a movie podcast where he gets guests on and he has them explain how they died and then talk about different movies that they'll be buried in their casket with. And like he had one, I only listened to one episode with Maisie Williams, but it was fantastic. And he kind of has that same like voice and tone, but he's so much more like, he's not nearly as gruff, obviously. He's a lot more like ginger and loving. And it was so cool to like hear Arya Stark and Roy Kent talk like to each other about like yeah like a very it, weird crossover talk to each other about like the Iron Giant you know and it's yeah. just really really cool I gotta listen to that podcast more and I'll probably recommend she's it on the bringing show the later. Iron Giant to her casket that's pretty that's a banger yeah that was one of the things there's there's like he asks different questions and kind of leads the conversation to like bring you to talk about different stuff from your childhood and from like current day and and whatnot um. And he's a great facilitator. And it shows that he's a great writer, too, because he's a comedian. He writes a lot of, like, the stuff for the show. And this season is, is absolutely brilliant. Like, one of my favorite characters from the first season gets developed a lot more, Sam, uh, Sam Abasanya. He gets his character um, out of Nigeria, has a lot of um, references to Africa and to maybe some conflicts that arise from that, as well as, you know, interpersonal conflicts with other uh, um, members of the staff. And Coach Beard gets his own episode entirely to himself. That was kind of cool. It almost felt like a backdoor pilot for his own spinoff show because he's such a, 
crazy character. Um, but I, I loved it. I'm giving uh, Ted Lasso season two a 94. I think it is a masterpiece. I think it even develops what the first one did even better. Um, I think you're uh, silly if you do not watch Ted Lasso. Silly if I don't waste cap that ash. You, no doubt. And it's not, it's 10, first season 10 episodes, second season 12 episodes. So like, it's only. I'm losing money. It, it's 22 episodes. You, you'll, you'll find them. If you have T-Mobile, I think you get a year of Disney, of, uh, no sorry, of Apple Plus for free. Oh. So you need to. I do have T-Mobile. I think there's like um, some, some kind of promo through it. So try to see if you can figure that out. T-Mobile up. Moving right. on to uh moving on to my pick of the month. Um this is the this is the most topical I've been on the pod so far. I'd say it's one of the most topical things. I think we we if we were recording when Tiger King was going on, I think we would have yeah. talked about Tiger King. You know, yeah, we 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 touch flavor of the month uh shows and and video games when try, I, try to. We, when I mean we talked about um Among Us. Among Us, yes. Um this month, uh, can't get the memes out of your head, can't get the show out of your head. Um, red light, green light. We are talking Squid Game, baby. I guess there is a seven hundred or seven hundred or seven thousand percent increase in uh, all white slip-on vans. Yeah, which is funny because I think the they're like pay less vans in the show. Like they don't yeah, have like the van not, logo yeah, anywhere. Clearly, they don't have the vans logo. But it, for whatever reason, I guess that if you want to invest in your a Halloween costume early, you're going to get a green jumpsuit. Uh, you're going to get some felt numbers. You're going to paste on there yourself and some white vans. Yeah. I, I saw, I, I saw that as well. And I, I kind of got, I kind of got a small grasp of what the show's about. Um, it's kind of like, um, it, it's like participatory, participatory hunger games, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly think close to my, uh, Alice and, Wonderland, Borderlands, uh, show, but um, instead of just competing for because you're locked up in this uh alternate reality, you're competing for money. Um, it, there's a it's a six day competition. You have uh several games that you have to get through. Um, and if you're eliminated from the game, you don't get any money, and you get big dead. Um, they shoot you in the chest if you lose a game. Um, and then if you win a game, you uh. It's all collected in a pool. Each, uh, you know, con- contestant um, enters the game with this amount of money bedded on them, uh, the same amount as everyone else. So when you die, gets added to the overall pool that is uh, for the winner's winner. Hmm. I th- I think the most interesting thing is it it's a Korean show, right? See, um, I I wonder what the uh, number. I want to like to see the analytics on how many people are watching it dubbed versus subbed. Um. But I I just think it's interesting that something from Korea is is getting widespread phenomena like this because most of the time it's not foreign stuff that, you could, that gets yeah. that especially not here in America yeah especially not here especially when it comes to like I saw Netflix releasing merch for it which is also a rare thing hmm. um, and it's like customizable merch so you could like everyone is assigned a number you could put your own number you could put whatever number you want on it for your T shirt or whatever. Um, and then buy the t-shirt from Netflix. I don't know how exactly all of that works, but, um, yeah, as far as the, um, the show goes, it's, it's pretty, it's honestly pretty dope. I would, 
I would be really disappointed if I found out how many people are watching it dubbed because I think, uh, I think I have never seen a good Netflix dub. Like 100%, I think I've watched two, three, four, maybe. I know I know. I watched um, Money Heist dubbed, which mm-hmm. is a, a Spanish show. Yeah, and that, Card- was, that was very awful. Um, this, I watched not even 30 seconds of it dubbed, and I realized that it's incredibly awful. Um, especially when it be when it comes to the points where these are some of the like some of the one of the best uh Korean performances and like the actors are performing so well, I would hate to hear them just completely like cucked essentially to a bad voice actor. Um Ah uh, I cannot go much further. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that where it's like um there's a there's a such a a beautiful moment that I've seen both subbed and dubbed and later in the season where um this person is playing this game with his like essentially this friend he met through the game um through the whole competition and it ends up where like it's a fifty fifty chance either one of them are gonna die and one's like sacrificing himself for the other one essentially and he's kind of like in the in the dub it's just like it's 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 read so um just from the paper like he's yeah, like matter of fact yeah he's like mm, i guess you could have this one and you win you know what i mean where in the korean version it's it's so much more like i'm giving you this is a gift like my time is over i'm giving you this gift you continue and you win the game basically yeah. so like if you're watching it dubbed like it's funny um last night at work our boss came in to eat lunch and he was watching it dubbed. Um, and I just listened to it over my shoulder and I was like, this mm. is, this ain't a good show. Um, the other complaints I have about the show that actually, um, where I feel like no one else is talking about. There's a part of the, sh- the season where these high rollers come in who a bit, who essentially fund the game and they're all American. Okay. So it's kind of like the purge. Exactly. Think of the purge. Like, there's this hierarchy that all fund the game. The game is their entertainment, yeah. essentially, and they're making bets and they're doing weird things and they're like, they're weird, debaucherous characters. And I don't know why every show needs to have that one. That's like, and they're this one specifically. They pulled Americans off the street or something. They are the worst American actors I've ever heard, seen, and like, whatever translation got so muddled to them um they should have just had white faces and dubbed over in korean voices <laughs> to then subtitle that like right because at, at some point like there's so many scenes with them every scene with them is removing me from the show how bad they are and it, it dropped the score of this show so far for me that it's like it really those scenes are really unredeemable for me because they're just so terrible they netflix has so much money they're like masked people. They never show their faces. So it's like, why wouldn't you spend the money to get a better actor? Yeah. And, or, or, and obviously the problem too, is that a Korean person wrote these American, American parts. parts and then and, translated and, English. Yeah. And they're translated English and there's nothing I can do about those bad dubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just part of the show. It, are, are lips moving? 
Lips are moving. Yes, they're speaking okay. English. They're speaking okay. English. I, I was wondering fine. if the mask was like the lips they're like, exposed. Uh, uh, oh, like masquerade. Uh, you masquerade mask. Yeah, okay, essentially, so yeah. You can see their lips and everything. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah, we're gonna watch it. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to when I get to that point, and I'm just gonna very loudly laugh. It's just gonna be uproarious laughter. Yeah, that's how. The, the only way I really got through it was like, oh, these guys are these guys are that ridiculous, but um. Overall, I think we're dropping a, a Squid Game at 78. Um, the ending, too, left it open for a second season, which I, I kind of didn't want. I think it, it should have been. The ending should have been tied up, is what I'm saying. Like that would, be, that would be the best arc for the character. This arc for the character, leaving it open, means that he's still made no growth, essentially. So it kind of is unfortunate, but... Um, that's kind of a spoiler for the end of the seasons, but thanks for that. It, you see it a mile away. It it, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> oh my, I haven't even started the show. I, I'm I'm a thousand miles away. I gotta wait till I get to a mile away. <laughs> um, it's fine. You'll still enjoy it. I'm sure. Uh, but I'm gonna drop the 78 on it. Go okay. watch it. Hopefully, yeah, there's a second it. season where they can. Uh, if it, I mean, it's it's obviously blown up. So you got to make a second season. You got to make it better. Yeah, it's definitely got the. Uh, the backing of every um, mom, sister, brother in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're all watching it dubbed. Big old dub. Oh, big old L, bro. Crazy. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to bore you guys with some long, drawn-out sports talk, but I am going to shill the hell out of the F1 Italian Grand Prix. Now, I know we've talked a little bit about F1 on this show, and uh, y- y'all might not know much about it, but here's the thing. We're, we're fully in love with the F1 uh, with the F1 sports genre, I guess you could say. No doubt. And I, I'm, I, I say fully in love, but I can also recognize when it's a boring ass race. When I, when I <laughs> s- fall asleep for uh, 50 of the laps and nothing has changed. I fully recognize that that was not a good race. It was like Zandort or something like that. It was not, it was not a good race. It was, it was a boring course. I didn't enjoy it. However, the following race, the Italian Grand Prix, man, where do I even begin? So in qualifying, we had... Um, uh, Botas, uh, he had to get a new uh, engine, and so anytime you get an engine, you if, if once you pass three engine replacements, your fourth one requires you to take a penalty, aka you start in the back. So no matter how high you you qualify, and I think Botas qualified really high, he just still had to start in the back. So he started twentieth because there's twenty races, right? And uh, and then we got um my boy um uh, Daniel Ricardo, the only Australian racer out there playing out of Perth. Danny boy. Danny boy. Uh, racing for McLaren, who's my second favorite um, racing team. There's 10 racing teams. I got them number two, Alpine number one. But still, um, they're great. And so he, he I believe, um, uh, qualified number one. Nice. Uh, and so he's, he's leading the pack, or at least he's one or two um, with, uh, what's his nuts? Max. Max V. Verstappen. Max V. Of course, you got uh, Lewis Hamilton, who's 
like I said, he's he's the Tom Brady of Formula One. He's the you have to say he's the Tom Brady because he's the best racer probably of all time, and he's still racing, just like Tom Brady. Tom yeah. Brady's probably the best the best quarterback that has ever lived and is and still, still playing. playing. You're right. So you can't compare him to somebody like you can't compare him to Michael Jordan because right. Michael Jordan's not playing anymore. Who would be who would be the Tom Brady in basketball right now? LeBron James? Yeah. LeBron is the Tom Brady. I mean, I I, I think LeBron's legacy is closer to Kobe's. Then Where like, it kind of tails off. It's not having not super dominant through your, right. a, your lot, a lot of a few finals losses. Yeah, aka MJ was six and zero. That's neither here nor there. Um, okay, so so uh, Botas starts at the very back. Uh, he's he's twentieth, and um, he has um s- slowly he's he's working his way up uh, up the uh up the course, uh, just passing people left and right because of course he's he's. Uh, driving a Mercedes, so I mean, yeah. What had, I wonder what had caused them to have four engine replacements? Yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes it's. It, I mean, if you crash, you got to get a new engine. Um, if you did, did not finish, or if you not liking the way it's performing, you know, Just swap it, them out. It happens all the time. Like, yeah. and, and they're allotted three, and then once the fourth one comes, and I think even, I think this race, um, so Lewis, maybe, Ham- Lewis Hamilton has to do one this race. Yeah. So maybe two you didn't like and weren't performing, and then one. Like an actual like mechanical failure happened. Yeah, yeah, mechanical failures happen all the time. But anyways, he he's driving Mercedes, one of the best uh, cars. So he's he's passing people left and right. Um, Ricardo's you know holding tight on to the lead, and then we got um, Hamilton and Verstappen just kind of going back and forth, like messing around in the middle of the pack, like near the top middle of the pack. And I'm already enjoying a great race because neither Hamilton um, nor Verstappen are leading, who have been leading every single race like previously. For, like, for like hundreds of laps. And so Ricardo's leading. Um, his teammate, uh, Lando Norris, is like right real close. Uh, something happens with um, uh, Verstappen where he has to, um, he has to go off. Uh, he's, we started locking up, so he got to get a wheel change. And so he got a wheel change, and, and they took a little bit longer in the pit than they need to. It was like another like five seconds, and he's like freaking out. Because he's kind of a crybaby. I'm not a big Verstappen fan. So he comes out already kind of pissed. And he comes out at the same time um, Lewis Hamilton, who's his basically tit-for-tat rival at this point, uh, as far as the winning the champions uh, oh, yeah. race as far as points go. Uh, winning all, Basically winning all of this season. Because it's a very close race between these two. And he comes out at the same time. Lewis is already a, a, there. And so they're they're going basically back and back and forth to a point where Lewis Hamilton didn't give Verstappen enough room, and Verstappen's going to drive aggressive because he wants to pass Lewis Hamilton. He's not going to let him get the leg up. This, this is coming out of pit lane. Yes, coming out of pit oh, lane. Oh, okay. And uh, and Verstappen just drives angry because of this this little thing, and he doesn't like Hamilton, and he knows it's Hamilton, and they're both just super overzealous drivers. Yeah. And so he doesn't give enough room. Let me let me dish out some penalties, baby. It, actually, the funny thing is, of course, Hamilton, the 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 Brady of of the sport, doesn't get a penalty. And what ends up happening is, uh, Verstappen drives over the top of Hamilton, his over his car because of the way that he goes up on a curb, drives over the top of him, and both of them swerve off on the side of the road. And uh, they just both immediately, immediately, 
Uh, Verstappen gets out of his car because he knows it's going to be a, a did not finish. There's no more racing because both of their cars are just mm-hmm. basically totaled. And not even like concerned about the health for Hamilton. He just yells out, that's what you get. That's what you get as he walks off, like furiously walks off in anger because he's saying he didn't give him enough room. So that's what's going to happen. Like, because you're supposed yeah. to give like a card length room coming around like the a corner around an edge. Well, yeah, coming back out of the pit lane. The, yeah. the pit lane is not a racing lane. So like when you, if there's always, I mean, Hamilton catches a lot of penalties in there for like, uh, you're only, what's it? Like you, you could only exit the pit lane at a certain speed Yeah, where it's like, like it's legit like safety reason. Right. And they're right, just like, right. eh, blow that off and I'm going to rip out the pit. Um, somebody else pulling out. Mm, oh, well, oopsie. You know what I mean? Like, and so like when stuff like stuff in the pit lane is, is really funny because it's like, like it, it's literally just all safety based. So like when you get those penalties, it's like you're kind of in, you're always going to be the asshole. Well, the, the crazy thing is, um, the, Verstappen's car going over the top of Hamilton's car, the halo, there's like a little halo above them. That's like made of like really strong enforcement. Like, right. It, it literally saved Hamilton's life. life. Like if that yeah. wheel would have hit the back of his head. Who knows They're what just, could have Yeah, just break his neck and... Right, exactly, because the, the force that it was coming through, it happened so fast. And so the halo totally protected him. He was, everyone was safe, like no injured or anything like that. But because of that, um, they had to basically restart the race, have a, um, a safety car uh, do a lap with everyone, and then re- restart everything in order. And meanwhile, uh, Botas is still freaking climbing. He goes all nice. the way from 20th to third place. Nice, he, he was able to pass up 17 places to to finish on the podium um and my boy ricardo f- finally wins a race uh after like i think 2018 was the last time he won a grand prix so it's like three years later his first one with mclaren and it's it's huge because like i said it's been verstappen and hamilton nearly all season so now the back half of the season like shaking things up with people being winners or different people finishing on podiums like it's fantastic. Uh, it does take both of them to eliminate themselves from the race, but yeah, it's and it's and it's iconic too that this is the first time they've yeah. ever both eliminated each other from the race. They both have d- did not finishes you know throughout the season, right. but they took each other out, and so it's like oh great, now we're gonna have an awesome podium, like something that's totally different than what we've seen all season. That's that's so funny, and I I love the uh, of course uh, being from Australia, Ricardo had to do a shoey and shoey on the podium. He had to do a shoey, pour some, pour some uh, champagne into his uh, shoe, drink from it. Had some other people do some shoeys, shoeys all around. Yeah, I think you you had mentioned this too that like uh, a shoey from some guy in the crowd is pretty gross. Like when you going back to Tuivasa, like just hitting shoeys of a bunch of guys, you know, on on the walkout from his fight is pretty gross. Doing a shoey from a race shoe is got to be the next level of just. That's probably so gross. It's got to be so sweaty. It's, so disgusting. I mean, racers will pee in, in the car while they're driving. Like, they'll have diapers, and they'll mm-hmm. pee, because it's a two-hour race. You can't pee. Two-hour race. And if you um, need to, you got to pee in the... you got to stay hydrated, A. I wonder if they have, like, uh, camelbacks. I think, I'm sure I'm sure they, they have to. Because that's, that's a long time <laughs> to be uh, driving without drinking any water, because you have to stay hydrated, because you're going to lose a lot. Yeah. But uh, uh, they do wear diapers. A lot of them do, so they can pee right in, while they're driving. I wonder if it is it just straight up diaper situation, or is it like a some type of? I would imagine it's some type of plastic apparatus that I can that just 
some of them don't wear diapers and they just pee right on the seats. Mm. But then someone has to clean it up. But I think the ones that are courteous do wear diapers. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would be able to, but I, I, I kind of want to. I kind I, of, I would really hate to be at the end of a race and be like, dude, I have to, I've been had to go this whole time. <laughs> that would really suck. Yeah. Because I then, know they do like the whole, like, um, you have to weigh in before every race. Right. Basically just to see how much you've, how much liquid you've lost. Yeah. And I think even, um, to that credit, like the speeds you're going, you can like burst an appendix or something. You know what I mean? Like you don't want a full bladder. For, yeah. You do not absolutely. want a full bladder. So I, I think a diaper would be a great idea. Anyway, if you're, once you're okay with like releasing it, just going like, I mean the first time I had a pee in a Gary bottle in the car, like while it was still in motion, I, you know, I, I kind of was like, okay, I, 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 you know, I think I, I think I could do it. Yeah. Not this last time I went to Arizona. Um, but the time before that I was just driving by myself and I, I peed while driving. Very dangerous. But oh, by yourself? By myself, yeah. Yeah, I think Steph was holding the bottle for me. Nice. You got tag team that ish. Yeah. I'd hold I the mean, bottle was, for you. Uh, thanks, dude. Um, I think I think later, I think I'm just going to uh, have to pull over. I, don't, I, I definitely, I didn't make a mess. No one had to clean. Nothing had to be cleaned up. But I def, definitely was like, that was, that was too sketchy. Right. The, the bottle was definitely shaking. Yeah, and just be like, you know, looking up and down, like, am I gonna die? Oh yeah, eyes, eyes. Yeah, for those of you who did could not see when D Rice said, "Be like," he, he was simultaneously putting his head down to look where the pee would be going, and then looking back up on the road. That's what he was simulating. Okay, so fantastic race, like probably some of the most thrilling F one things I've ever seen. I, I'm actually excited to see if drive when drive to survive covers this race because it was so fantastic. Ninety three out of hundred. Great race. Yeah, can we fast track that Netflix? Can, we, can you drop an episode two weeks after um, the race? A week after the race? You there, Netflix? Netflix, hello. I Netflix? know you got. I know you got our number. Netflix, can you hear me? Moving on. Um, I guess the sports I would like to talk about is the uh, the good old Sox tossed out the Yanks this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good old Boston Red Sockies. Yep. So they're in, they're in the playoffs. They, uh, what he means by tossed out is they're in the wild card um, position in 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 the playoffs. Uh, it's basically elimination style, one game. And yeah, I think it's it's. Um, I, I I like the way that it was explained to me. It's like the worst thing. It's the worst thing possible if you're a, a baseball fan, because your team just played 230 games over the summer. And then it all comes down to uh, seven innings. You know yeah. what I mean? Nine innings. You yeah. know, whatever. Um, so your whole year, your whole year is built up in one night. So it's act- absolutely terrible going into it. On the other hand, if you're not such a, like a big baseball fan, that is the most exciting game you will watch personally. Well, I was just talking to somebody about the Dodgers just won like, uh, I think 110 games or something like that, but they still won less games than the Giants. The Giants won like two more games. It was like 112. Mm-hmm. And so technically the Dodgers were the wild card team with 110 wins or something crazy like that. And it's like if they would have lost after winning 110 games, uh, the MLB playoff system is broken. It absolutely is broken. It's Yeah, it's broken. But like I was saying, it's like when you aren't that much of a, a baseball fan, but you know it's a one-game elimination like 
uh, wild card situation, you kind of just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch that game. Like it, like I couldn't imagine showing up to, um, Wrigley Field. Yeah, Wrigley, and in a one game elimination and watching a ball, watching a clean home run get slapped down by the Green Monster, bro. It's I couldn't imagine that feeling in a wild card game. Absolutely, absolutely insane. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna. I'll touch on the fact that my Mariners were so close. I know I talked about it recently. Mm-hmm. They were so close. They've been doing so good. Uh, they were literally like one or two games out from from at least playing the the Sox or the Yankees. Um, but what happened was we 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 gave up two games to the uh, uh, Angels, who aren't even that good of a team. But if we would have won all three, I think we would have um, either made it into wild card slot for sure. Or would have had to play in that three-way tie thing with whomever. So it's just unfortunate yeah. because it's it, it's now gonna. It was 19 years. Now it's gonna be 20 seasons that the playoff yeah. drought is active for the Mariners, and we're so close this time. So close. Yeah. Literally, like I said, two wins two away. Games. Two wins, and That's we 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 just had to finish off the season basically winning everything. We, we had to win out, and uh, unfortunately, we we didn't. So it is what it is, you know. Um, Baseball's ha- fun and broken. Ha- happy and for the for the Sox. Yeah, I think last night we had a like a six score inning against Tampa Bay. T- Tampa Tampa's crazy though. I don't see you guys winning that one. Um, we'll see. I I don't. I'm not super confident in it, but I just liked. I just I think it's fun that New York got eliminated in Wrigley. Um. That game for me of this season, it's it's gonna be my season most likely. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna drop the ninety on it. Yeah, I mean, like when I was in when I was at Fletzy, like what I said as a training, my work training, mm-hmm. I was staying up because I'm in the East Coast. So I was staying up late nights watching the Mariners games. Uh, I would just I would nap during the day and then I'd stay up late nights watching the M's play because that's how compelling of of the gameplay was uh, against. Uh, I, I think it was. Oh, uh, it was Oakland Athletics. We were, we were putting yeah. on a show on the A's. Like we we won that entire series. We swept them like three three games, and that was that was just like fantastic baseball. Like when you're able to watch it, like when you understand your hitters and yeah, when you understand your lineup and you understand the the pitching assignments. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, the bullpen. Yeah, like it's oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, and when you see like oh, you know this is how he is with with people in scoring positions. You know this is this is how good he is. Like oh, JP knows how to hit it when someone's in scoring. So. News to say, I'm going to buy a Thai France jersey, even though we didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. I, t- I told myself I was only going to get it if we didn't make the playoffs, but he, yeah. he won then, my heart. Yeah, that that Boston-New York game, too, where just just every, probably three or four batters in the row just sniping Cole's fastball, like, that felt good. Getting hits off of his fastball, like, every single time. Like, you definitely felt like there's something else going on. Like, they just read him that night, and it was it was so good, and they pulled him after two innings. So great that 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 those feelings right there when you're understanding that part of baseball, right? Like those are fun to watch. Yeah, because like the manager's calls. Yeah, yeah, the manager's walking up second inning to his pitcher. I'm like, like I I don't like as as much as I could stand up and yell inside of a a living room. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to. Hoorah! Hoorah, brother! In the anime world, we are going to just talk about one 
one thing and one thing only because it's going to take a little bit of time. It's probably going to take 10 minutes or more. And we're going to be talking about Star Wars Visions, which for any of you who haven't noticed or heard about it, it's on Disney+. Plus. Are you living under a rock? Um, and it is a it is nine uh, shorts uh, made by Japanese animators. So it, it's technically uh, the first Star Wars anime to exist. But each one of these nine episodes are distinctly very different, both in style, content, um, year in the in the timeline, um, mm-hmm. and just different than anything really we've ever seen in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it really is just nine separate shorts um, under the same umbrella title, Star Wars Visions. Yeah, uh, we're gonna so we're gonna do a snake um, ranking of these nine. That's what we're gonna do. So. I'll do my nine, he does his nine, then he'll do his eight, I'll do my eight, and so forth, all the way down to one. We'll talk about each one as it comes. Uh, basically, we'll talk about the, the um, a- episode individually as it comes up, and then once it comes up on the other person's list, we'll just brush right through it. We'll, so we'll only talk about each uh, one of the nine episodes one time. Um, we'll talk about what we loved and, and give a little synopsis if anyone's on the fence on yeah, it. Yeah, what if my, my number eight is your number one? That would be unfortunate. Yeah, I've got a feeling I'm I I feel I've kind of tested the wires with some of the way people think about things, and I I do feel like some of mine are a little different than the normal consensus. So we'll see. I would, I would agree. We'll see how ours line up. Um, you want to start us off? Yes. Bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. Uh, number nine. Uh, a lot of people have liked this one, and I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. It was just okay to me. Uh, this one is the elder. Um. <laughs> I I feel like this one was it was a lot of dialogue. The scenery wasn't very uh, um, special. I guess the the brief synopsis of it is that it's a Jedi and his Padawan kind of get an assignment and they go try to track down like a Sith. Essentially, that still exists. That's the that's the bare bones. Uh, yeah, they're they're driving. They're they're patrolling the outer limits and outer rim. Yeah, the outer rim and uh, the. The master, the Jedi master, gets a sense of evil. Right. And so they, they, pull, in, they pull into the nearest freaking planet, and sure enough, there's a, a ancient Sith just there doing nothing. I, I, think, I think it's just kind of boring. The action f- sequence is, is fun. There's, of course, there's lightsaber battles. The, the, the th- recurring theme of Star Wars Visions, I want to let you guys know right now, is lightsabers. Every single episode has a lightsaber involved with it. Um, it's in they're attempting to be as unique as possible yes yes absolutely unique but it's not like you, there's no smuggler stories there's no like uh stories mm-hmm. like about bounty hunters or like smugglers or different like people it's not rogue one it is actually legit it's it's gonna it be follows about, lightsabers in general lightsabers in general and people who wield them and not necessarily always jedi or sith but in this case it's straight up jedi sith it's very cookie cutter of what you would expect a Maybe like spin-off novel based off of like maybe someone who was who liked the prequels wrote this novel. It just didn't. It's later on in the series, and it just felt like I, the story regressed. Like I said, the action sequence was fine. Um, a lot of people talked about, oh, it's really cool. It's calculated. It's more like chess. And it's like sure. I was really bored by it. Um, I, 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 I again, I'm not giving giving a bad score. I thought it was like it was fun. I give it a 65. I think it was a fun like okay. Um, I had an okay time with it, but it's, I couldn't say it's a good one. It's not going to be one of the good ones. Because once I saw what the potential was, I just thought this one was okay. Even on an animation standard, I just thought it was okay. Yes. 
I, I agree with you. It's um, it's like middle of the list. I think it's like fifth for mine. So like, okay, no spoilers, bro. <laughs> Don't give your numbers yet. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? You're just saying, oh, just give me how you feel about it, and then give then me. drop the number when it comes. Um, I don't want you to say one and then be like, oh, that's my number one. Yeah, I understand. Um, Elder's my number one. Um, no. Uh, yeah, I f- kind of feel the same way. I, it did. I think I liked it more because it just reminded me of um, kind of your traditional samurai animes. Um, it gave okay. me it gave me a little bit more of that feeling. Um, uh, I did enjoy the Master Jedi character a lot. I think he was really cool. Sure. Um, I've I've never seen a Jedi look like that man, and I I thought that was cool. Interesting too. Yeah, a lot of this, a lot of visions is like, uh, I'd say paving the way for the Star Wars like universe. Like you're gonna see a lot of things you've never seen before, which I really liked. Yes, um, the whole uh, Jedi is kind of just you know patrolling like their uh, peace officers is. uh, Yeah, I I can't say that it's like I I liked that aspect or didn't like that aspect. Like I I understand that that's what they do and they're just going to they're going to go down and uh give humanitarian aid but also it was just like this elder this elder sith was kind of just chilling on the mountaintop like not bothering anybody and they just kind of rolled up and was like oh i know there's a bad guy here and they're like oh we find the bad guy kill him f him he's a sith and it's like that kind of seems far away from the jedi path Per the, se, there's uh, an there's an episode of Mushishi that's a lot like this, and he and he mm-hmm. doesn't end up like Mushishi. He's such like uh, or the main character Mushishi is such like a neutral force that he didn't interact with this bad guy like that because he was just up in the, up in the mountains like money's on business. Yeah, because that and that's what this person was doing. It's like the only thing that the uh the this elder killed was like a and a a beast animal. And yeah. it's specifically an animal that's like, don't mess with that animal. It will kill you. And it's like, so this guy killed it. Not because it's strong. Maybe he was defending himself, whatever. Um, and then sure enough, the, the Padawan, the learner is like, oh, I'm going to go fight the elder. You know what I mean? I got to, yeah. I got to fight him. And it's like, at, at that point, I'm like, I'm kind of checking out. I'm just looking at it. It's cute. Um, it's badass. But so for this one, this one is the lowest low for me. Um, go ahead. Hit me with your number nine. Um, my number nine is Akakiri. Akakiri. Okay. Akakiri. Um, Akakiri. Um, this one I didn't like the way it looked. Uh, my bottom three. I'm just gonna say they're all seventy. So this is a seventy. Oh, all, all three of them are tied at seventy. All three of them are pretty much tied at seventy. I don't think I'd, I. I don't want to watch them again to try to pick out the how low they really go. I just okay. I I watched through them. I didn't like them, so I just put them. They're either seventy or below. Okay. Um. This one I felt like I didn't care for the character. I didn't care for the characters what they were going through. I didn't. I it, the problem of it being a short. It's like I I these people aren't established to me. Right. Thirteen minutes. I don't I don't care what they're going through. Um. The character, the enemy Sith was coolish. I guess. Um, that once again, they didn't strike me as like, uh, 
a person I should fear, a person that is noteworthy. The whole episode itself is kind of just uh, eh, middle ground for me, and especially too when the animation isn't uh, spectacular enough to like, draw me in. Yeah, it's definitely a different one. Yeah, the, the, an, the animation is different, and I think that's that can be a little off-putting for people who are like expecting more traditional anime style. Yeah, that one come. I wonder what there's a show I'm thinking of that looks like it. Oh, um, that I had on here. Talking about Mononoke. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the show. Um, whatever. Either way, it it's a just a seventy to me. It was it was so it it felt like um that studio you know just put put together their their B reel and sent out an anime. Okay, so I'll I'll tell you why I I love Akakiri. I, I think I think this one's great. Um, I love it because uh, it, it literally follows the um, the plotline of if we've talked about it before the Hidden Fortress, which was like the original inspiration for the first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. So the R two D two and C three P are the two like bumbling idiots. Yeah, Akakiri actually has two bumbling idiots that are escorting like a, a princess, and then they they need like samurai protection. Who is like your Yojimbo type character? Yeah, and um, and that's exactly what the like the first half of this follows. It's it's just a hundred percent, um, the Hidden Fortress done over in a Star Wars style with like a, a Jedi protecting them. And yeah, so I, uh, I mean, I, I appreciate like... that callback to Kurosawa and like the OG and like the the inspiration for Star Wars. Like, is it, Res- I mean, it was done really well. Respect. Um, and I I like the animation here. It is very different, but I th- I thought. It was really fun. Uh, the Sith was, like you said, very different as well. Um, and then the ending is like, almost like revenge. Almost like Revenge of the Sith. And I thought yes. that was super powerful because I've, I've never seen that been done except Revenge of the Sith. And Revenge of the Sith, it feels kind of hokey. But here it's like, oh, okay. I mean, maybe you could say it, it kind of happened in the end of nine, if you want to say. I, I don't know. But. I really, really like this episode, and I, I'd be willing to rewatch it maybe because I have it overhyped. But I just remember being super impressed by what it was able to do in twelve minutes for me because I, I I do like the style. And I I guess I should say right now I watched all the episodes subbed. You? Oh yeah, it's subbed. Okay. Easily. Why would I? Because would I know most people watched them in English, English, English uh, voice acting. Yeah. And and we, I, I know I saw Lucy Liu in the credits and I was like wondering who she played oh, at some point. I, I mean Doogie Doogie Hauser was uh, right. I know they I know they got some decent names. For they got sure. some decent names, but I I even I listened to his like English VO and I was like oof. I just it vi- like oof. it doesn't it doesn't match for my my brain. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, it didn't it didn't work. It, yeah, I'm sure some of them were probably good, um, but. For me, Akakiri is just okay. I I can I can respect where the story is coming from and respect the ending. I know you you think you did, I know you started this with I don't want to rewatch these. I think you should rewatch that. One. I'll rewatch it with. I, I, Granted, it was the last one. It's the last. It's the final one. And I watched them all in a string, and this was also right. after I got off work. I just watched them. I just ran through them all. So we're talking. I got off at seven a.m. after a ten-hour graveyard shift and they just watched them all which makes it almost like 10 a.m and i'm like exhausted tired so it, it could play it could have played a part in it and i'm sure it did because i just saw the two bumbling idiots i'm like f these guys 
Yeah, I get that. I get that. But that this this one I say should be watched. All right, number eight. What do you got? Um, the Village Bride. Okay, I I I, I that one's I could see that. What what's what would so the Village Bride is the, for this one for me is like the animation style is very Pokemon. So if you watch any like of the recent Pokemon, it kind of looks like that style. Yeah, you know, it almost reminded me of that style too because it was like almost like a loa the loa region where it's like it's actually like islanders it's like star wars islanders who have this like ritual of like sacrifice and um somebody called somebody to protect them it's kind of it's kind of been done before i think in anime um i i, I yeah this total like magical sacrifice ritual type thing is you know for the empire it being like the key organization you know yeah, forcing everybody. It, it's like the empire comes down and like you know basically saps resources and is funding a war, uh, and it ends up you know um, tying in with this tiny little third world island planet, I guess you can say. Um, and their ritual is to sacrifice their princess to the empire. Yeah, More it's, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of not. Clear. That's what I call it, the village bride. It's 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 the bride of the village essentially. Yeah. And and like I said, this I I think this is a good one. I think it has a really good ending. Um, I the same same sort of thing. I'm like I'm the animation didn't catch me, and also they they had the most like I feel like the still backgrounds in yeah. all the other ones. It had a very just stiff background across the whole entire thing. But it's Pokemon, bro. It just yeah. looks like Pokemon. And that's that's like a, a uh, key element of it. I thought that was so unfortunate because it could have been a lot prettier, especially with like the setting of like a kind of like jungle islandy kind of This one had a good soundtrack though. I think the yes. soundtrack for this one was good. I think there was like some like marimba type stuff that on because it was like yes. kind of island vibes and that's like pretty different for like a uh, a Star Wars Star Wars type show. They yeah. do heavy like orchestra stuff. And then when another episode where it comes down to the end, it's like, I see this character having a switch and I just kind of don't care about it. I, I see them growing and I kind of just. Right. And, and that one was pretty, you'd see this one coming too. Yeah. You, you, they're foreshadowing it pretty heavy. Yeah. And you know, for, for me, it just, it's another 70. It's like, I, I, I should watch them again and figure them out. But as of right now, they're kind of just. I, there's other ones that I definitely want to watch more than that. Yeah. And, and this one was cool too because they talk about like this village's like interpretation of the forest. They had their own word for it. Uh, Vagina or something like that. It, they had their own way of like explaining what the forest is. And so like, it's always cool to that see. Cool, yeah. Because it's not everybody's from the same part that calls it the force. You know what I mean? And so like it's cool to see like it, how people interact with be, I am one with the force, the force one with me kind of vibes, you know? You want to take us up a notch? Yes. Can you take me higher? All right. So, passing the reins over to my number eight. I very controversial. I know. I have the duel. Um, this is <laughs> the first one in all of Star Wars Visions. Um, it really sets the tone. It's a hundred percent. It's just Yojimbo. It's black and white. It's a Kurosawa film. It follows like the even like down to the plot line of Yojimbo of like. I mean, yeah, there's a droid and there's a little bit more to it, but basically he comes and saves these people from uh, like a warlord and like like bad people, essentially. And he, he does it all on his own, more yeah, or less. It's your classic traveler in the village. 
and also like a what like a Clint Eastwood western, you know what I mean? Like yes, yeah. He's coming in and he's gonna save the village and does it in a freaking cool way. And, and yeah, yeah, and it's cool. It's 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 very cool. It's fun. Like it's like okay, this is this is this is really rad. Uh, I give it a seventy-seven. I think it's good. The, it's, you know, cool. it's a big big bump up from the last one. I think this is. I think everything else is good to great masterpiece kind of level. Yeah, from here on out, it's basically good to great for me as well. And and I think this is this is a really good one. My biggest issue is, uh, and they do a great job of masking this. I do not like Japanese anime three D animation. It it still looks like Code Lyoko from two thousand four to me. Like I, it rubs me the wrong way. I've had so many people say, oh, Beastars is great. It's totally different. No, I watch Beastars. I see their arms like sway at a weird, like it's too low of a frame oh, yeah. count for like how abysmal. I don't know what you, I don't know what fixes it. Dude. I, what, you know what fixes it? Bigger budgets because you look at like Toy Story. That's 3D animation. Nothing wrong with like Toy Story or Pixar movies. The 3D animation, oh, that's yeah. fine. You know what? Yeah, they're just. It's the budget. It's low budget CGI. Low budget CGI is still prevalent everywhere. You see it in 2D animation. When they don't want to render a whole crowd of people, they do all CGI on this crowd of people because it takes forever to draw a crowd of people. So they do CGI because you can just copy paste. It's way faster than hand drawing it. And so even in, in 2D ones, you'll see 3D animation all the time. That's why mechs are usually 3D animation in mecha anime because it's, it's so difficult to uh, draw. Draw that. Yeah. Because yeah. every that. frame would be by hand. Right. And, it's, and they're massive and they've got a lot of interactions, explosions, stuff. Sometimes they do that and those are the better mecha anime to me. But a lot yeah. of people will, will crutch, fall on the crutch that is 3D. And so this one does a good job at masking it because it has like a grainy filter. It's black and white. Grainy filter and a lot of the lines are just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. They're like scratchy, watercolored. Like, right. And they do a good job at like trying masking to hide it. it. And, yeah. and they really do. And that's and why it, I, I like this. But when the moments where I do catch it, I just like, it just yeah. was it, it, very unsatisfactory the, for me. The zoom, the zoom close up to his face. I yeah. was like, this is supposed to be a cool moment. I hate it. Yep, 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 yep. And a lot of people love this one. A lot of people think The Duel is the best episode. The Duel is, yeah. I I do like The Duel a lot yeah. just because it's that Kurosawa Western kind of thing. And I, I I I can much easier look past 3D animation. Yeah, yeah, I bought it anymore. Um, Number seven, Village Bride. We already touched on it, so I'm pretty much there with you. So yeah. go ahead. What's your number seven? Um. My number seven is going to be, uh, what is it, Tatooine Rhapsody? Okay, Tatooine Rhapsody. You said this one's a 70 as well? Yeah, maybe. I think if I rewatched it, it might go to like a 72, 73. And you, and you listen to this one subbed? Uh, yes. I think a lot of people don't like this one because they listen to it dubbed, and there's a song that's sung at the end. Yes. And I listened to it dubbed, and then halfway through, I switched to it subbed, and I was like, oh, this is so much better. Because it's like Japanese pop rock and Japanese pop rock, like literally in Japanese, it's like, go, go, let's have fun. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And you know how stupid that sounds in English, but in Japanese, like it's so much more rhythmic and like, it really fits in with everything they do with like, especially Japanese, like OSTs for anime. Like it totally makes sense. But in English, it's like, why why would they be speaking perfect sentence sentence structure and then go and like right scream random words english words at you yeah yeah so i can i understand if someone rates this down because it's a dub but you should rate your brain lower because you should just read subtitles period 
Um, but still, like it's it, it's kind of a it's an idol esque anime, and I I think it doesn't really have a a great place. I wanted to see the story of him being a young Jedi. You know what I mean? Oh. I wanted to see that. I see. I I liked it because he was a runaway Padawan. Like he was like I I'm fine like that story. That's cool. Why did he runaway Padawan to join a band? Is lame. Oh come on! I love that. I thought he's like musically inclined. Like his. Music saved his life, basically. I understand all of that, but his lightsaber is now his mic. Yeah, that's okay. cool. It's and, cool. And the ending part like made me like tear up a little bit because like th- their friend basically gets captured and they have to play a concert in front of Jabba and Boba to save their life. And like, what a cool like. Premise. I like I like Chibi Boba. That's probably Chibi the Boba's b- awesome. Yeah, that's probably the best part about that episode. But um, other than that, it's like. It's kind of just an idol anime and Boba is hunting them down and then eventually captures them and then they save his friend's life with the power of music and friendship and a lightsaber mic. Next. Next. I'm too upset at you for that. Uh, my number six is going to be Lop and OG. Okay. Um, I don't know why it's number six. Probably It's probably this low because... Oh, I'm sorry. My number six is Elder. Oh, the other. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Spoilers. Spoilers for number five. <laughs> All right. Um, my number six is uh, Toby. T zero B one. Toby. Um, I I liked it a lot. It's clearly Astro Boy, Mega Man. Um, it, it's that whole like, droid. But I I I love it because it's 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 got that style of Astro Boy. And it's Star Wars story, and I love droids, and this is a total droid um, short, and um, I, 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 it's a, it's beautiful. It's got lightsabers, it's got droids, it's, it's got everything I want. Um, I'm giving that one 84. I think it's really good. Yeah. Great, even. Um, I'm in love with Toby. I would get Toby tattooed on me. Wow. Um, I think, I think he's adorable. I think both versions of him are adorable where he thinks he's a Jedi too. I think the aspect of a droid wanting to become a Jedi and also a droid interacting with the force is a story that we all want. Yeah. It should have already been explored by now. Yeah, it should have been. And then how they do it with Toby and then also his like a little grandpa that's like super cute, big white beard man. It's all great. It, it There's nothing I don't like about that one specifically we'll see where it falls on my list uh big big uh big uh mega man vibes of like having a creator and whatnot yeah and all the other droid friends that he has right so great rock man etc all right so that's that's my number uh six uh number five i got lap and ocho uh this one's really cool it's 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 probably the most anime feeling one, mostly yeah, because you have a bunny girl. Yeah, we're tied up right there. Um, I think I think it's it's and their their papa too. He's like a big, over <laughs> like like what is he has have like a bunch of scars on his face. He's, like, yeah, he's got like a cut on his eye. He can only see out of one of his eyes. Yeah, and then he has the the slippers, the wooden slippers. Yeah, he's he's like traditional samurai looking, like samurai like chief looking. You know, I would like, even like samurai lord. Like yeah. he he surpassed his lord and then just is now leading over his, his 
Majesty. Yeah, his majesty took over the entire land that the Lord had. Um, and he's so like giving that they adopted this little like uh, uh, orphaned bunny girl. And uh, that's where it's like, uh, I was kind of like, I was on the fence about it. I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. But then where the story goes is awesome. Like great, yes, yeah. great animation. Um, the 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 conflict of like the like a quick flash forward after the adoption. Um, the sister who's the who's the daughter of the warlord. Um, uh, their relationship and like what what part like, um, uh, Lop has with her and there's a little droid that falls around and she has like a scouter from like Dragon Ball. There's like yeah. so many different other weird things like involved in it and it just makes for a really, really beautiful story. And like the way the place it concludes leaves me wanting more because it's open-ended. Yeah, this is the other one that I feel like can be its stand can be a standalone. It could be a whole series. Absolutely. Yeah. As much as I love Toby, I probably wouldn't watch as a series. Um Right. Lop and Ocho. Ocho can definitely stand alone. And I do think it also has some of the best designed weapons. As far as relating old, uh, ancient samurai weapons to uh, Star Wars weapons, like the the saber looks incredible. Um, the size are are pretty badass. Um, other than that, I, you know, I have it. My my ratings are a lot higher. I think I just really liked everything else. Um, this is an eighty eight for me for number five. This is eighty six for me. Yeah. All right, so we shared number five. So now uh, give me your number four. Um, my number four is going to be The Duel. All right. Cool. So I I really appreciated it. The umbrella lightsaber, which we didn't mention before, I thought was was badass. You were kind of like floating around with it. Made it interesting. Um, yeah, it's fine. Everything's cool in it. But yeah, it's very cool. It It is very cool. And it is absolutely a I good loved, one. I loved all the other villagers that tried to defend the village. Th- those guys were cool. Yeah, and I love I love the way that the stormtroopers look too. They come come in. Like, yeah, I'm a and big stormtrooper fan. It's your it's your classic like hero saves the village. He just watches all those other people die, and then he joins the fight. After every like half half the villagers right. that that were right. defending the village just perish. Yojimbo, same thing. Uh, what's your rating on that one? Um, it's an eighty nine. Okay. Uh, so that's your number four, right? Yeah. My number four is the ninth Jedi. I think the Night Jedi is spectacular. I, I give it a eighty nine. Uh, I think it's nearly masterpiece level. It it is very dense. It talks about the creation of lightsabers and like what it what it takes to collect a kyber crystal. Uh, it's about false Jedi who become inquisitors. You know because that's that's the 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 Star Wars vision really um, goes through inquisitors and like they're different, like how they come to be and like their backstories and, and then and the ninth. Uh, Jedi really uh, touches on that and it's it really really well animated um, yes. super fun story like it's yes. a full tale for like uh, yeah, 20 minutes for it's, 20 minutes this one goes start to finish and I do care about the characters and right. I, I do care about what's happening to them and also I think this is the other one that I would say like make this into a series now like yeah. this would be so cool super creative too super creative super unique 89 I think it's I love the great. the timeline of it how it's post you know basically everything and they're just right. trying to rebuild the Jedi and you know you get you just get a lot of cool things out of it and, and it and it kind of proves that not everyone's in one place so even there might be Jedi's in other regions of the sector that are doing something else but he's just trying to collect who he can in this region you exactly because the universe is so big mm-hmm. 
and it's it's just it's a real good one for me. Uh, number three for me is Tatooine Rhapsody. I gave that a ninety. I think that was a masterpiece. Like I said, I teared up when uh, I saw that the gun was to the back. It's like that, that's the ultimate sacrifice to me. Is like going out there for your friends, willing to put your life on the line. Like if this doesn't work out, I'm dead. But this at least, song. I, yeah, at least I did this for my pal, for my friend, like somebody that I care about. Like, and that that's bigger than yourself. And that was like something that I was like, damn, that's that's not where I was expecting this to go. And I really like appreciate that. Dang, that kid would have made a good Jedi. He is a good Jedi. <laughs> your number three. Uh, my number three um, is the only one we haven't touched on yet. The Twins, baby. Twins, baby. All right. This one is the other one created by Trigger. Um, um, I respect the heck out of this one because this was also probably the craziest animation. Yes. It looks a lot like Pro Mare or um, Kill the Kill. Yeah. Uh, it definitely it definitely wanted to separate itself. Yes, stylistically, it's it's it, it oozes style and it's it's very very different uh, as, uh, far, as far as the, appearance. The Gemini Star Destroyer is probably one of the also one of the coolest things I've seen uh, adapted into the Star Wars universe. Yeah, like the twin one. Yeah, like the two two separate parts. Yeah. Of it. Um, as far as as far as the uh, the story goes, it it can it probably could be its its own standalone. I don't know if I would. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? I mean, it's it's basically two. Uh, humans that were created by the force like the dark yeah, side of the force exactly and they're and, they're these twins that were infused with a kyber crystal crystal at birth and now they pilot this uh a twin star destroyer that's attached at the hip and um can shoot mega lasers but uh the whole turn of the story is that the brother uh twin um i guess leans more light as the uh the female the sister leans more dark and that's the conflict, and that you end up getting kind of this like ultra um, uh, exaggerated Jedi battle on the standing atop these uh, star destroyers. Uh, star destroyers, and I loved it. Yeah, I think I think it was fantastic. Um, it was funny watching the trailer. I thought I would hate this one the most. Mm. I immediately saw like the three frames of it. And I saw like the whipping yeah, lightsaber uh, yeah, and then, lightsaber whip. Yeah, and him like loading the crystal and like like cocking it or whatever. I was like, yeah. I I think this is gonna be so stupid. And then sure enough, it was like, oh, this one is is probably the top of my list. Yeah. So this one is the night and day difference for me between the sub and the dub because, like I said, the dub was the Neil Patrick Harris like of the male twin, and it is just so bad. And it's so like I I listened to the whole entire thing and uh, dubbed, and I was like, no, like it's. It's so uncompelling. It's like it doesn't convey any of the emotion that the that the Japanese voice actors do. Yeah, when it's brother and sister, you gotta you gotta be selling it. Yeah, yeah. And so the the Japanese VO is great, and um, I I'm I was super compelled by this one. I think this one's a a, like perfect for me. I love Trigger. Love the animation. Uh, I I think so many special things about the action sequences here. Um, I love the concept. I love the little droid that helps him. I love like. Just a little of character the, building. The droid wearing the helmet that saves her after the episode. Uh, yeah, the one that drives the X-wing into his sister. Yeah, that yeah. one, and then she, her droid, yeah. like a C three PO clone, um, is wearing a space helmet to come out into space to save the humans. That one's pretty cool too. I, I thought like the like evil C three PO. Yeah, I love, I love that. I just I love that little troll at the end. 
because obviously they were humans breathing in the vacuum of space and this droid has to come save them with a helmet on. I thought it was just super cute. Um, did I, did I give a rating for that one? No, what's your rating? 89. 89. All right. Your number two. My number deuce. T-O-B-1, baby. What's your rating on that? Um, solid 90. 90. Uh, my number two is Akakiri. I gave that a 92. Um, reasons I already mentioned. I love, I mean, it's on different ends of the spectrum for us, but I, I do think you should rewatch it with the hidden fortress in mind. And then I feel like you're going to see it from a different light. But if you don't like the animation, then what do you know? Yeah, I think, I think it would do? probably bump it up to the middle ground. Yeah, ho- hopefully at least above 80. I would just, yeah, I just, the, the animation is what also held it back, which is unfortunate. And then number one for me is Twins. I give that a 95. Like I said, perfect for me. I think it's a masterpiece spectacle, like something so special. They can make a whole video game on that. Like it's, it's fantastic. It's not like so different that it's nothing we've ever seen before, but it's, I love the dark side. I love the empire. I I love stormtroopers and it encompasses all the things. I love starships, like running through the corridors. That's my favorite part of any like Star Wars video game, running through the corridors of like a star destroyer or something like that. I feel that. Um, so I have TOB one and the dual or I'm sorry, TOB one and twins. My two and three. Number one is going to be the ninth Jedi. That's right. What do you got, ninth Jedi? Um, ninth Jedi. I also have a. I, I have a nine ninety one. So it's just like nice. that step up. Um, but for me, it's like the animation. All the animation was there. Perfect. Looked great. All the characters are there with the daughter and the 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 saber maker. Mm-hmm. Um, those two characters specifically were really cool. Then the guy searching for the Jedi and the other. Um, young teenage boy. Yeah. All, all three, all four of those characters are super unique and all well acted and all hit every point they needed. And then also the secondhand characters like the big burly guy and the other, you know, Sith inquisitors. Yeah. Um, all could be, you know, I could see all of them in a 13 episode season. Yeah. No just, doubt. just killing it. Every, and then after that, it's like, what else do I really want from it? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Uh, so that's all the anime we're going to be talking about uh, this month, because obviously that took up a whole chunk of time. Um, Hopefully you got enough of it. But we just wanted to break down each episode, because we really, really liked uh, Star Wars Visions. I, I, I think I we'd really just love to see more of it. Yeah. We Any, definitely look forward to a season two. Yeah. Give me just, just load me up, man. I think, I think it's the more, that's what Star Wars really needs, is these... We talked about it before where it's just like creative you, minds. Yeah. You need creative minds to explore and expand or you just, you know, you keep making the same things over and over again right. and you die like, you know, this most recent trilogy. Right. And the same thing needs to happen with like Pokemon. That's what they're doing with the legends Arceus, you know? Yeah. You got to get creative, do something different or else you're going to get more of the same. You're going to well, yeah, Pokemon just, Sword and Shield again. Yeah. You just want to draw in, you need to draw in the next crowd and the next crowd. So a good way to do that is the popularity of anime. Loved it. We're both thinking around nineties as a whole, just because it's just masterpiece of a. Of yeah, a, everyone's gonna idea. love an episode. I, yeah, there's something for everyone. I think that's more importantly the goal of the entirety of the show. And video game world, I played a game called Death's Door. Um, it is a game where you play as a little crow that has to collect souls. Um, it, people have said it's a souls like because you do collect souls and you roll around dodge. Um, I think it. If I had to compare it to anything, I would say it's hyper light drifter, um, like with the isometric style, um, with like the 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 like 
feel and vibes of like Hollow Knight. I think it's probably a combination of the two of those. It's a lot more forgiving than Hollow Knight. The nice point thing is like your checkpoints are the doors. And so there are mm. doors right before boss battles. So even though these big boss battles happen, there's, that means there's some mini yeah, bosses Yeah, I don't have too. to run through the whole entire map yes. and try to find them again. Um, and, and nothing turns me off more than having to do that. And so it's, Yeah, especially when you die within those five minutes and then you're just, you lose all your progress. Right. And right. you're still not... Not to the boss again. Yeah. No. I, and so I, this one is, is, is forgiving in that case. There is no map system. I hear that's a Dark Souls thing, not to have any maps. But the 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 weird thing, I'd say where Dark Souls and like Sekiro venture off is there isn't like a central location, whereas mm-hmm. there is a central location for um, Death Door. So I, the the not, the exclusion of a map just doesn't make sense to me. I've I've heard people defend it, but I I cannot be one of them. I I think it's it's silly not to have a map because you go keep going back to a central spot. And you have to go Dark left, Souls, right, Dark up, 3. right. Dark Souls 3? Yeah, you have a little central spot where you keep going to the same lady to upgrade yourself. Oh. Well, I guess you just got to learn your space then. I don't know. I I just don't get why there wasn't a map if it's going to be like this style. But it's really good. Fair Com- enough. Combat's good. Um, My biggest gripes are no map and the the weapon variety is really like lackluster. There's You get like five different melee weapons. Basically, you only have like three because two of them are just like variations of the same style. And then uh, your ranged weapons are all um, practically the same. Um, Do the same thing, shoot from far? Yeah, you shoot from a distance. You don't have any like shotgun type stuff like you do in Hyperlight Drifter. So not as good as Hyperlight Drifter, uh, but still a great game. I'm giving it 84. I I torrented it for the PC. You can buy it on Steam. and I think it's available also on uh, Switch. Uh, it, it's really cool, fun game. If you're looking for that kind of uh, style that's a little Metroidvania-esque, but just closer to like Hyperlight Drifter of having that central location, going out in four different directions, fighting different bosses in different levels, beautiful animation, really cool art, great game. Death Door, pick it up. One of my games of the year. Moving on. Um, unfortunate you uh, had put uh, dodgeball academia on the uh show notes uh, uh we almost talked about two dodgeball games yeah we almost talked about two dodgeball games i'll be talking about uh knockout city knockout city knockout city it's free to play right ftp bro ftp where are you playing it on the switch switch and i'm probably going to download it on the playstation because probably going to play a little bit better Who, um, who's we who's we me you're not playing with anyone no just by yourself. You you're finding fun. Are you talking to anybody? No. It, but it's just fun because it's a multiplayer game and you're, multiplayer game you load in 3v3s, 4v4s and you just sling dodgeballs. You just slang balls, bro. Um and, the I think the best part about this is the auto aim, which is interesting to say. Um I don't know how you how else um you would make a dodgeball game. I guess we will never know Dodgeball Academia. Without auto aim, um, but and dodgeball academy is two D, so exactly, yeah. Uh, so for this game, um, the basically it's a, I think it was a three v three or is it a four v four? I don't know. Um, you start on this map. Think a very uh, to me it looks like Splatoon. Like yeah, a Splatoon it's very. Type map. It, it is very Splatoon esque. Um, 
one team starts on one side, the other team starts on the other side. There's balls placed around the uh, perimeter of the map, but you, as soon as the ball gets picked up, if it doesn't get off the map, then it will just stay wherever it's at. It won't it won't respawn unless it's thrown off the map, mm. and then it will respawn. Um, some balls have different abilities that are random before every game. Like there's a moon ball that affects your gravity. There's a cage ball that will like lock you up and turn you into a ball. So either like it'll take a health point off of you and then also turn you into balls so you can grab it and throw against anybody else. Um, you yourself can roll yourself into a ball. Um, if there's no balls around and you're in like a two V one situation, two V two situation. Um, uh, yeah, other than that, it's pretty straightforward. Eliminate the other team. Throw balls, baby. A lot of balls slinging around. Yeah, you can you can catch a ball, you can block a ball with a ball. Um, other than that, it's pretty straightforward. I think, uh, it's just like a quick little three v three little battle. I've been having a lot of fun with it, just sitting on the couch while watching sports. Um, in between scrolling on my phone, getting into battles. It well, like like I said, it plays like physically, it plays really well. There's the jumping, and you float. You can jump, you could double jump, or you can float, and you could twist in the air, so you could do all these wacky movement things while dodging balls, and they're all just to uh, get your person to throw the ball and fuck, and just, you know, slam it on the way home, dude. Slam it down. Slam it down. What, do you, what rating you got me for Knockout City? Um, I think it was like a 73. Like a pretty decent game. I want to play it with other people, but I've just been playing it on the Switch, and I don't really play with anybody on the switch um you want me to download it yeah you want to download it i have it as a 78 correction 78 correction 78 you liked it more than you thought you did yeah i did <laughs> crazy no, that it's pretty it's pretty fun it's it is just like i'm tired of if you're really tired of those hyper competitive or anything that's going to invest too much time into you just it's a free-to-play dodgeball game that probably could be on mobile if you wanted it to Welcome to Board Games. Uh, I am now going to be talking about a game that I uh, was introduced by my boy Talon Glidden over, what was that, training? Shout out. For my big shout out to T Money, T Glid. Um, Is he listening? Negative. He's he's never listened to a podcast in his life. I've, I've tried to push it on him. Um, and, and he says, yeah, I'll get to it. He said, I don't even know where to listen. I said, let's try podcast. Um. So he, he introduced me to a game called Hero Realms. He's been talking about it for a while. Uh, he's been wanting to teach me to play it. Basically, it is the most simplest deck builder that you could have. It's, it is a deck building card game um, where you start with a base deck, where you do damage to people, and you have gold. That's it. It's, it think like Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone or any game where you have health points and you need... Uh, to put down characters essentially. So it's just, it is just a full deck. You, everyone starts with the same like basic deck and then you're buying stuff from the shop and you uh, use all five cards in your hand. You're doing damage to other people's health. You know, you can start with different amounts of health. You can be 40 hit points, 50 hit points, whatever. Really simple. Like very, I would com- compare it a lot to magic the gathering because you actually tap cards, you know, your champion's abilities will tap once. And uh, you'll be able to use those if, if you have like matching colored cards, you know, matching suits. Like, so imagine like a red white deck and Magic the Gathering. And it's very simple. The art looks like Magic Gathering. It's, it's, it gives me that vibe. It's, 
it's cool that you don't have to already have a pre-built deck. You can just build your deck as you're playing because it's the same as any deck builder. You can kind of, you know, build combos, get your engine running with whatever you want to buy. But obviously, it's luck of the draw, whatever's in the shop. Um, we we played a fun version where it was 2v2. We had like a central like castle's health. And then we had like our two individual healths uh, of each person. And so one side would win if the other, you know. And so we were able to knock down their castle and then go for their individual healths. Which they were like healing up and they were like overhealing essentially with like certain cards that could heal you. And we still took them down, and our, our our team was victorious, and it was a good feeling. Badass. Yeah, so I'm gonna give Hero Realms a 71. Um, check it out if any of that interests you. But I, I just think there's way better deck builders out there. This one's just really, really basic. But it'd be it'd be a good intro deck builder. We were able to play it with two Randys from uh, Portland, and um, we we had a good time with them. And uh, if you're looking for a real intro level uh, into the genre that is deck building card games, I would recommend Hero Realms. In interest of keeping this podcast short and also me not playing any board games, I'll be ranking your baby shower games. All right, go ahead and give me the rankings of uh, little baby Hintz's, um baby shower. Um, so price is right. Guess the uh, price of the items and the total uh, price of the shopping trip. That's like a 60. It's like a 60 out of 100. Hate wow. That game. Wow. Uh, we didn't really do that one right, I'll be honest. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think in in the in the perfect world, I would have wanted to do like a reveal kind of thing, like a like a maybe like a folded piece of paper in the reveal. Yeah, yeah, slide it off. Yeah, see how close everyone. Whoever was like whoever was like oh. the closest but under would like check that one. Yeah, um, that that's that is the better way to play it. The way you did play it was just guess the totals. Whoever was closest won, right? It, we did a very bad job with that one. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, it was like it was like whoever's under the most. Um, next up is gonna be what's like uh, I guess the honeycombs in the jar. Mm-hmm. Sixty-five. That's a classic, bro. It's a classic. You, I, you're just mad because you were gonna guess like a thousand when yeah. like <laughs> the number was like two hundred. <laughs> clearly, math and volume is not my strong suit. <laughs> it's like two hundred forty-two in the jar, and he was like one thousand three hundred and seventy. <laughs> And I was like, let me just cross off scratch, the scratch that out. Scratch out the first one, and that, that one's a lot closer. Um, yeah, it's just kind of it. Yeah, it's a classic, and it needs to die with all the other classics. <laughs> Man, is how I would put it. We had we played a classic at the, at the baby show that needs to die. But go ahead. Um, next up, what's the the one that I'm talking about is smell the sweet mess. Oh, smell yeah, dirty diaper. Just smell the sweet mess. That one needs to die. That one does not need to die. Oh that's, my gosh, that's a ninety, dude. <laughs> okay, so the one that you won, of course, it's gonna be the the greatest game of the night. Of course, it's the greatest game. If you can't identify a chocolate bar, then you're something's wrong with in your life. Something's wrong with your sniffer. Yeah, something's wrong with your sniffer. No, it was all visual. It's very. It's more. Everyone think it, thinking it's a, it's a sniffer game is is was poorly mistaken because I won visually. You won. You won because you got a hundred grand, right? I can identify a hundred grand bar smushed into a diaper. Yes, I've never seen a hundred grand bar in my life, so I would have never known. She, really, she almost got a skull bar. S K O L. I'm like, I could not um, tell you what's in a skull bar. Skull bar. I, if thinking off my head, I think it's like toffee. Yeah, it's like toffee. It's like it's a hard like toffee. a hard toffee yeah. and like a thin layer of chocolate. Would have got that too. Oh easy, easy peasy. You didn't give the final one, so don't act like. Uh, what was the final one? Again? I think it was Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. What did I say? Payday? Was Payday on there? No. 
Yeah. It wasn't a payday. You said something different. But well, anyways. I, I, I knew I bagged it, so I was just like, this one's a throwaway. <laughs> this That game is so ass, and I, I, I got revealed like the week of that we're doing that. And I was like, oh, this is so terrible. Oh, so that's an idea. What, what's the other baby games? We played um, Diaper Pong. Diaper Pong was pretty good. Diaper I, Pong was solid. I opened Diaper Pong, which was is tough. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough being the first to um, step up. Real tough. But I, even with opening, I finished third. Second or third, which is there's no prize for second or third, but it was nice like going through four or five other people after me and they couldn't score like one, they yeah. couldn't score more than five points, which was great. So I'm gonna give uh diaper pong an 85. Yeah, no, diaper pong's real solid. Yeah, I think I think we could have, yeah, something could have made it a little bit better. I'm not sure what, yeah, maybe more regulated distance and. Like maybe wider slots. Yeah, just you know, more more tosses. Can you could add more tosses? Um, next up is what? Uh, diaper raffle. A hundred, hundred, hundred. Won the diaper raffle too. Yep, a classic. I, I think that's all the. Abby was Abby was feeling a little bit bad because um, I think we bought like a a small pack of diapers. Mm-hmm. And then you know she saw Coco walk in with two like full size boxes, and it's like, oh man, I think I got my money's worth of the diaper raffle, baby. Yeah, definitely got the return. No um, doubt. Those were our homemade board games that I rated. Um, overall experience for the the entertainment at the baby shower, ninety ninety three. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good baby shower. Considering I haven't been to that many, I think it was definitely one of the better ones. I. I definitely would give it like an 87, 86. I think it was great. Yeah, I think the classic like TV movie, a bunch of like females wearing pink is kind of outdated. Would, yeah, outdated and played. Like, I, I wouldn't. No, I don't think anyone wants that for their no, baby shower. Not even the women. But that's like the only relationship I'd have with baby showers is mm-hmm. seeing them on depicted in media. Right. But that was cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Did a good job, I think. All right, moving on to comics. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Old Man Hawkeye, Volume 1. This is a um, a, a newer comic. I think uh, they rebooted Old Man uh, Wolverine. And he, he, in his story, he f- goes around with a blind Old Man Hawkeye. Um, there was like an... There was like one from like the mid thousands, and then there was a more recent one that just got hit up in like the f- 2014 and onward. And yeah. so I, th- I think Old Man Hawkeye is from like 2015 or 2016. Yeah, I think we spoke about it to each other. It, it looked pretty cool. Definitely enjoyed what we can see from it. Old Man Hawkeye uh, looks like it was. Let me let me uh, swap this baby open and see if. Uh, D-Ray will fill for time while I'm looking through it. Yeah, um, I think one of the my favorite parts of Old Man Wolverine um, was the the town called Hammerfall. Um, I thought that was super cool. Where just it's the town where Thor died, and obviously no one else is worthy to pick up the hammer. So there's just a hammer in the center of the city, chilling, Milnir, just hanging out, waiting for the next uh, worthy wielder. Yeah, so this follows that same kind of plot line. He references that. 
2018 actually is when Old Man Hawkeye. And this was, this is him losing his vision. So this is before he becomes blind. And before Wolverine does his, his stuff, he kind of like hits up Wolverine to help him out. Wolverine's like, no. And, but they're still like, they're known friends. And so I love, I love the universe in which Hawkeye and Wolverine are like best friends essentially because those are two of my all-time favorite. Yeah. It, it's fun to see those two characters kind of relate to each other. Right. Because they're, they're in, in their own circles, they don't relate right. with anybody. It's kind of like their thing. Right. Right. So the oddballs out. Yeah. Um, but it's very good. Um, it, it features Venom, which is awesome. Marvel just knows the, like the, they have like, I swear they have an algorithm to like generate. It's like Hawkeye, Wolverine, Venom. Like these, these, all three of these people would be cool in a comic together. Bullseye. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like Sheriff Bullseye. Sheriff Bullseye. Like bald head, like mustache. Nice. Yeah. Like cowboy hat. Yeah, it's 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 like east of west vibes. It's just very badass, like image comics, like really really cool stuff. And it's only six issues in volume one, but I would definitely want to pick up some more because it's such a like really really cool ride. It's it is that kind of western style. Do 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 do. Hawkeye do 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 do. And so I I I think the art's not outstanding, but it's good. It's it suffices. It's cool. It's a little. It's kind of uh, graphic, which is awesome to see Hawkeye like shooting arrows through people's heads and stuff. Um, I'm gonna give um, Hawkeye Volume One an A2. Old Man Hawkeye an A2. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I'll definitely pick up more. Hawkeye's one of my favorites, so anything he does, any any like depiction of him that I feel is like close to like what Matt Fraction did in the uh, in his run in um, twenty twelve, uh, I think is. Um, my favorite version of Hawkeye, so I'm looking forward to the new TV show too. I think that's gonna be really good. This pretty good this holiday season. What'd you read, bro? Um, I didn't read anything. Cool. Um, so I'm just gonna relate it back to just one of my uh things that I do remember reading. Um, a a stretch of comics that I do like, and that's Justice League of America: The Nail. The Nail. The Nail's great. The Nail's um, absolutely a classic. We love the we love the classics here. Um, All about the classics. Um, I think I the other reason I kind of wanted to bring it up is everyone's talking about Marvel. What if this is uh, the original? This is what if Jonathan Kent got a nail in his tire before he saw the meteor crash that was Kal El. Yes, and then the nail of the Justice League never became a thing. So. Superman never became Clark Kent because he was... Superman never became Clark Kent. There is no symbol of justice. Like, Superman is the symbol of justice that is the Justice League. So, um, in the the nail, you see this big conflict of government trying to control the metahumans, mutants, if you may. Um, Without that, without Kal-El being a perfect uh, ambassador of the... Of or Superman or Clark Kent being a perfect ambassador for the metahumans, you see a lot more conflict. Um, where it leads to is um, the Justice League being extremely vulnerable without the overpowered Superman and pretty much getting their butts kicked left and right from their uh, villain counterparts. Right. Uh, good comic. Um, Solid comic. They also have um, another nail 
another three issue uh, little series little series that continues on to it which um i i've touched on but it's not quite as good i i would say the same thing the art isn't like incredible it's not great but it does have like a a a classic style to it which yeah. i which i am very fond of i love the way that uh how jordan is drawn and the green lantern and all of his effects Right. Like this, that's like my favorite favorite visual version. One of my favorite visual versions of Green Lantern. But other than that, I think this is one that you know everyone should pick up and read because it is that original uh, DC. What if, if you if you will rating eighty five out of one hundred. Yeah, think that's think that's the correct rating. It's great. great. Your opinion your opinion is correct, sir. That is objectively sound. Now this is podcasting. In the world of podcasts, I've been listening to Conduit. I found this through Pocket Cast. I was just literally looking for new podcasts, scrolled on the new and noteworthy pages, and found a brand new podcast. Ain't that Co- nice? Ain't that a nice feeling? It, it was nice. And I found Conduit, and it changed the way I live my life sometimes. Forever? Sometimes. When I, when I feel like it. Basically, Conduit is like a... It slightly altered some aspects of my daily life. Because Conduit is a like time management podcast. It's like talking about organization and efficiency and like just like stuff that everyone has to deal with, right? I need this. And it's just talking about how do they deal with it? What are like some of their thinking process? Like, like talking about your like stress of your, of your everyday life. Like they have, they call it when you have um, can't odd days. So, you know, when people say I can't even. So what about I can't odd days, you know? Or you're you're just um, unable to do anything. Like what? How do you know that? How do you recognize that? What do you do? Like how do you organize what you need to do and like efficiency? So it's all about like all those things. It's it's Kathy and Jay, and it's just two people going back and forth. They have a Discord community that I have yet to join. Um, I'm a little on the outskirts of this, and I hear people talking about oh my big move, and the, you know they read stuff from the from the Discord, and and, and I'm on Discord so much I should just join it, but. I have yet to make that plunge because I'm, uh, I just don't think I'll use it, you know? Cause again, basically they explained what their organization app is and what, what they use. And I downloaded, uh, an app called Todoist and Todoist has changed that. That's what's changed the way I, I live my life. Mm. Um, I put my chores on there and like, if I knew I got something in the back of my head that I need to do that isn't like necessarily due today, I'll put a due date on it. And then it'll show up like, oh, this is due on Tuesday. And I'll even do that with this, with like, how to waste. Like push notifications? Not even necessarily push notifications. I just open up it. And then mm-hmm. I look I look and see when it's due and see if I can get it done ahead of time or what I, what's next on plate. Just, it, it just kind of organizes the priority of stuff. And the same thing with anime. Like I'm like, oh, uh, or I oh, guess. Like watch this. Watch this. this time. For really for how to waste your time. It's like, oh, this is going to be due because we're going to record on this day. And so I, got, I know when I need to what I need to do next for the podcast, kind of organize how I can accomplish all the media that I need to get done, which might be nice for you considering uh, there was two sections of the podcast that you were unable to produce anything for this month. So, what are you talking about? So I think it'd be, you know, anything new, really. <laughs> so I think it might be nice to, no, but it, it is very helpful to have, I agree. Uh, to have something like that. And so I actually created um, a few different boards on my Todoist app. Um, so I have the, when I open up my inbox, essentially I have my uh, my chores section where I, I I I have like things that I need to get done. And when you click on it, it makes a really satisfying um, noise. It sounds like 
Oh, okay. It's give just, you a little, give you a little dopamine hit. You know, just gives I mean? you a little like click, click when you when you complete it. I have my on phone where I would write down everything I need to do on my phone. So if I want to write a review about a movie or if I need to send a DM to somebody, so when I'm just have my phone, I don't have anything else in front of me. I can open this up and be like, what do I need to do on my phone? Oh yeah, I need to do that. And then I do it. So it helps me organize my thoughts a little bit like that. Um, my how to waste your time content section. Uh, like I, it's pretty blank right now because we're at the I, end I, of the month. At the end of the month, but I'm going to restock it. Um, basically I'm going to probably ma- make, make note of like what I need to um, uh, do for prepare. Basically we need to write down all the things so that way I can keep my thoughts organized. What I need to buy before she, uh, she's born. Before she, before her arrival. Before baby uh, Hintz's arrival. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, uh, it it definitely just has, has been a, a wonder for me. And uh, Conduit has really changed the way I, I've thought about things. That being said, 72. Good show. Uh, Banger uh, show. Not, not great by any means. They're not like overly interesting people, but they've definitely helped me get myself a little more organized, get myself a little bit more. I, I feel most accomplished when I'm able to do things that I want to do and I need to do. And I, and I'm not just wasting time. Like that's the whole point of our show. You know, we want you to waste your time effectively. I need that. app. My podcast of this month is, um, I found it through someone mentioning it on another podcast. Um, the confused, the confused breakfast podcast. Um, this is probably one of my favorite, a movie structured podcast. Rhett and Link. Who I heard it from. Mythical Morning. I was just making a reference. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the Confused Breakfast Podcast. It's basically uh, three guys that are re-reviewing, re-watching movies of their childhood. Oh, cool. So I wonder if I can, you know, maybe, maybe a Demolition Man is somewhere on here. Oh, maybe. Um, could be. Um, but it, movies like uh, The Breakfast Club, Mortal Kombat, uh, The Goonies, um, I watched the Stand By Me episode, and also the Mighty Ducks episode were really good. Um, but yeah, it's your it's your basic like scene by scene recap of the movie. Um, it started off by their experiences um, from their childhood of the movie, so maybe a childhood uh, nostalgia rating. Um, then you, they go through. Basically, scene by scene, pulling up as much of the movie trivia esque parts of the movie information, um, which is you know always a fun thing. Like when you're when it's like a good childhood movie, and you can like, oh, that guy was in this, um, in this scene. Uh, you know, this person did this, felt this way. Um, all kinds of interesting things like that. Um, they go through the pretty much the entire movie and have their opinions on each scene. And then towards the end, they give it an updated rating, um, how they feel and how it holds up. That's cool. What are the ratings out of? Um, they do, uh, they do a decimal system. So like six point five. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm down with that. I found another podcast that does movie reviews, and they do them out of hundred. And, and like I, some guy gave like a ninety three degree, and I was like, damn, okay, I'm with it. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, I mean, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, same thing. A nine, a nine point three. I, 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 the only thing I can't stand is out of four. If people rate, I would give that a two and a half out of four stars. Like, what, yeah. what does that even mean? Well, so we're talking ninety five. <laughs> what is that? What does that even mean? A ninety five. Are you sure? Because you said two and a half. 
Um, I mean, I got to start doing math. Like two I, and a half divided by four. So it's a 62. <laughs> That's so awful. Yeah. Um, beyond the, I, I do think this is just one of the most perfect structures for reviewing a movie in podcast form without it being like a rambling mess. Um, other than that, the three hosts are sound incredible and have great, incredible chemistry together. Um, other than that, I think it's a solid pod. Uh, if there's a, a show, a movie on there, I, I suggest you to watch it. I think I'm going to pull up that Sandlot episode next. Yeah. Um, that, you know, grades. that's a banger. Um, other than that, that's going to be a solid 88. All right, moving on to music. Um, I'm going to talk about, basically, it's an EP. So I found it because I was looking for more. Where did you find it? Spotify. I was looking, well, actually, Wikipedia. I was looking for more music from Dan Soupy Campbell. So Dan Soupy Campbell is uh, the lead singer of a great band called The Wonder Years. Uh, They're like basically Midwest emo. And uh, he also did a side project called Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties. And so I was looking for more stuff that he sung on. And I, because his voice is so therapeutic, I love listening to his voice. And he did a, a side project with another guy named Ace. And it's called um, Clear Eyes Fanzine Season 1, Episodes 1 through 6. So if Clear Eyes sounds familiar, it's because Clear Eyes, Full Heart, Can't Lose is the motto of Friday Night Lights. And so this little EP uh, covers the first six episodes of Friday Night Lights, more or less, in the first season. And it's just like a love letter, essentially, to the TV show that is Friday Night Lights. So I went back to Friday Night Lights, watched some episodes, then listened to this. And man, the song I'm going to play for you, I was walking to my car, and it made me cry. Like, like have, not heavy tears, but like tears streaming down my eyes. That's just, really cool, actually. To just, you know, love a show so much, you just kind of like, it inspires you to make a little EP about it. Right. And, and there, there was something like, personal about like even if you haven't even seen the show there was something very personal about some of the the, the words and the lyrics and it, it's very football heavy um talking in this song not every not every song but one of the songs like touch talks about like cte and like one of the songs like talks about like did the coach make the right decision you know it, a lot of it has to do with the feelings of the players in, in the beginning of the first season yeah if you could do anything with your art i would say be sincere yeah it's like the best way to make good art yeah, and the show's the show's awesome too. It's 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 kind of hokey. It's kind of CW ish, but course. it's but it's the show's a lot of fun. And we're, I'm rewatching it now, and we're gonna start watching with Steph. And Rest in peace good. to that actor. Who? Um, Jesse Plemons is still alive. That's all that matters. The African American guy with the scar across his face isn't he in Friday Night Friday Night Lights? I think that's the movie. So there's a book, and there was a movie based on the book. And then there was a oh, show based, based off, off of the a, movie. Based off the movie. Gotcha. So uh, the song that I'm going to be playing for you is the first song on the EP. It's called uh, On Tim Riggings as he prepares for his sophomore year. You get the hell you deserve two a days in the heat. And I puke through my mask and the smell never fucking leaves. Coach tells me to go take a knee 
So that was on Tim Riggins as he prepares for his sophomore season. And Tim Riggins is like one of my favorite characters in that show. He's like definitely one of the more, one of the more conflicted, like dynamic high school characters. What did you think of that? Um, I'm really in love with the concept in general. Um, so I think anything they, you know, that comes out of the speakers, I'm going to like, uh, besides that, it's, it's definitely cool. Like just, um, I, I can't imagine like even writing from another character's perspective in a show that you watch. Um, I think that would be pretty interesting in, in small things too. Like, like him not liking the smell of vomit, you know what I mean? Like that's like a, that's something you're not going to learn, I guess, from watching the show too closely. That's like a very personal thing that I assume that he's adding to that character for depth purposes. Right. They definitely uh, took some liberties there and I appreciate that. All the, all the right liberties taken to get the right feelings across. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I, uh, I actually went back to the show, like I said, uh, because I really loved this so much. That I'm like, oh, I gotta rewatch like some of this, and so now I'm like, I'm back on board. I'm like, okay, now I know. I I don't know why I dropped it. Like, I feel like it's it's fighting it's, Yeah, it's compelling. It's got a lot of really good tender moments, um, and I probably will be talking about it next month because it it's fair enough. I might I might just start a waste gap early. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I I know I need to watch it, but never had a real reason to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Netflix. On Netflix, Ugh, make it easy for me, baby. Makes it real easy. Uh, so I, I give this um, album a uh, eighty-seven. Uh, it's only six songs. Three of them are, are Dan Campbell. The other three are Ace Enders, and but they all, they both were created uh, created indistinctively. You know, not in the same room as one another, but they brought them together and it made like a really complete sound. And it's it's really cool. The Ace Enders songs aren't as good as Dan Campbell, but that's because I really like Dan's voice. But uh, he still does a really good job, and he has like some. He, I think Dan gets a little bit uh, more vocally, whereas Ace gets a little bit more creative instrumentally on some of the sounds in the songs. But overall, it makes for a really, really solid um, like piece, and I hope they make another one. My musical experience of this month is kind of uh, it's it's an it's definitely an odd one. It's odd how it came to be in my lap. And it's kind of an odd turn story of why I even care about it. Um, but I just wanted to start you off on a little musical trip. This is Darkness and Cold by Purple Mountains. Darkness and cold, darkness and cold rolled in through the holes in the stories I told. Conditions I'm wishing. 
welcome back. Hopefully, um, I think this is the first uh, alt country album that we're bringing to the uh, the How to Waste Your Time Network. Yeah, it's it's certainly different. Big um, Jimmy Buffett meets um, uh, Willie Nelson vibes, um, mixed in with also deep dark depression and sorrow and self loathing. Yeah, I think that was in there somewhere. <laughs> um. So yeah, though, I don't know what. Uh, it's just a weird possession of why I wanted to bring this album in. Um, I was scrolling through Reddit and I saw this post on last images. Um, reads, uh, two pictures of a musician poet, David Berman posted on August 6th, 2019 during an Instagram takeover of his labels page. Um, he hung himself the next day, just a few days before he was scheduled to go on tour for his new album, purple mountains. And, um, here's, one of the pictures and then the other picture for whatever reason, I saw it on Reddit and it drew me in. Um, and I listened to the album and just like, if you read the comics on that post, like it's a very, a uh, tormented album. There's a few songs on there that are, uh, in the same vein of, um, Bo Burnham's inside. There's a few songs yeah. on there that don't make me feel good. And, Damn. uh, you know, give me sort of those opposite feelings I should be feeling when listening to good music, but it's still very catchy and very entertaining to listen to. And I do really enjoyed listening to the music. Yeah. It is kind of oxymoron. Like I remember uh, while I was listening, I heard the light of my life is going out tonight and she don't look too depressed. The light of my life is going out tonight in a pink champagne Corvette. And I remember hearing that and thinking, Ooh, this one is a little bit different. I didn't realize he actually meant like contemplating suicide. That's pretty dark. Yeah. Um, so as far as, as far as that, like, uh, and, and you know, having like a tour and hanging yourself and committing suicide and having all these obligations and, but also being a depressed artist is very, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of romance that drew me in. Um, I guess just after that, it was the the cleanness and style of the music, uh, honestly. Um, because after that, it's talking about the album. It's very, um, like, it, it's it's weird. It's like, it's alt-country, but I still just really enjoyed it. He also has this, his previous band, Silver Jews, um, is just an indie country folk kind of group, too. And I've been listening to a ton of them. And they've been also super entertaining. And it's very, very similar. Um, maybe maybe less of the country and less of the twang, but still very just him having these serious uh he's a poet as what his you know, his other profession was. It's like it really comes out in his music where he's just talking over these nice guitar melodies and they might not always be nice lyrics per se. Um, but I think what uh even interested me more was that uh that song specifically um darkness and cold is uh is um a line of that is sampled in an avalanche song uh running red lights mm. which i only discovered maybe a year ago right right i remember um, listening to that 
yeah, running red lights. And I put that, I think I used that one for the song that I put the avalanche presented it on here. Yeah. Um, and the verse is, uh, sung by pink Saifu, the rapper that I also, uh, presented on here last month. Small world. Yeah. So it kind of like all those things together and just like randomly scrolling across this guy on Reddit, listening to his music and realizing his music was sampled in a song that I really enjoyed from a year prior from a few artists that I just listened to not even a month before it it, it all was just like, Oh, my life's like a life. My life is scripted type of moment. And it was just like, I couldn't get out of my head. So I was just like, Oh, got to bring this to the pod then. No doubt. Rating. Rating is going to be priceless. Priceless. 80. I think, I think this album could be better than some songs that kind of like some lines that are just overly heavy handed, I guess, uh, for a, a suicidal man. Um, and then <laughs> kind of on the nose. Yeah. And then some other songs that are just, uh, you know, our, our middle ground in between this weird, like alt country indie area that he's singing and they don't really come off as strong as, uh, maybe darkness and cold does to me. For this month on the waste cap, I'm going to be uh, covering Untold Malice in the Palace. I watched this one while I was in Fletzy. Uh, I think we covered the gist of what everything was with the event. Um, I really liked this uh, little documentary. I think you were right that they have a lot of footage, a lot of different camera angles from the, just from the actual palace. Like a lot of like camera angles that have like the camera number on them, like actual CCTV, you know? Right, right. And like that, that part was like, was special for me. And like seeing all that, hearing the side of like everything and really Jermaine O'Neal's story. Cause I don't, I, when I think of Mouse of Palace, I don't automatically think of Jermaine O'Neal, but really that ruined his life. It really changed his entire career. It's the reason why he never got a ring. Like, yeah. And the fact that, uh, Meta World Peace, Ron Artest did get a ring, I could see how that's a sore subject. Yeah. Like that's just the, like the implications of all that are just things I never thought about. Like Reggie Miller never getting a ring. And now mm-hmm. I tried to defend him as a top 30 player of all time. And people thought I was insane. The people were like, Oh, he's, he's, he's like 58, like 60. Like he, he, people overhype him. And perhaps it was because of the incident. If he would have won a ring, he would have, maybe he would have been finals MVP. Who knows? And then it would have been a totally different story for him and his, yeah. his whole entire career narrative. You know, and so it's just crazy that this one incident at one game. Yeah, I'm like, I'm on two sides of the coin because it's hard to be like that was a championship team. They were going to win the championship. I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously we'll never know. I mean, the way they dominated that night, but made yeah. it look like it. And then when I go to the other side of the coin, it's like we do know that that game and the ending of that game changed the entire way that. Um, all all of those players will be seen for the rest of their careers. Right. They're you know obviously, um, league wise they're not playing anymore. Um, so there goes any chance of championship. Uh, right. And then after that, it's like when they do get back to playing, they're you know they're no one's gonna want to show them on TV again. Basically. Right. Um, Meta World Peace did his whole uh reinvention but like 
he only got that because he was on the Lakers now. You know what I mean? That's the only reason he got yeah. to that point is because, you know, he's around these people who can, uh, who are superstar enough to be on TV. He can hide and do his reformation into Meta World Peace later. Um, while, you know, people like Jermaine O'Neal doesn't, you know, like, won't get that chance ever again. Yeah. Just career, if you look at his, like, stats, career stats after that season, it just dwindled. He just, yeah. he became a shell of, like, the once dominant player he once was and, like, didn't get the, like. Well, yeah. It's kind of like, is, is, com- is competition even worth it? Do I even want to compete anymore? Yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, I mean, Meta World Peace, like, the, the vibes he's giving me, like, talking about, like, the old incident. He doesn't really care. It, it almost gives me, like, Aaron Hernandez vibes. Like, we're lucky that he didn't actually kill somebody. Like, just the way that he was so disconnected and so, like, disjointed. Like, I, we're, we're humanity is lucky. Like, because the dude was deranged. Yeah. It's totally, like, when he was, like, um, what was he talking about? Like, his stress or an anxiety. Right. And he's like, I just black out. Right. You know, I just black out. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. You're, I understand you're, you're the total reason, like, you're, at this point in your life is because you got a lot of like therapeutic help. But like in that moment, it's like you, there was no helping that, that freaking maniac in the stands. Yeah. And, and I, I love that he explained like the reason why he was laying down on the commentator table. Like, cause that always like was when I learned about it, I was like, why the hell did he do that? Everyone, everyone was puzzled by it. Like that was a weird thing on its own. Right. And he explained, well, yeah, when I was talking to my therapist, she said, take five, take five, take five and lay down, lay down, take five. And so that's what I was doing. I was in my happy place. I was honestly fine. I was cool with it. I was over it. I took five. I laid down. I was resting my head. I was in my own place. And then, of course, the incident happens. Um, uh, great stuff. 83. Uh, pretty standard documentary type stuff. I, I love love sports documentary. Totally like 30 for 30 style with a little bit more in depth. Nothing like too special to make it like a masterpiece documentary, but still great. Like I would yeah. recommend it to any sports fan. 83. Yeah, for sure. Um. We're waist capping the uh, Jubilee Japanese breakfast. Um, I listened to this immediately in the car ride home after our previous uh, recording session. Um, and after that, it's kind of just going to be a, a permanent spot in my jam whatever to uh, playlist. Yeah, great, great, like getting ready in the morning, like. I, I played that a couple of times when I was in, in South Carolina, just getting ready, waking up and just yeah, bumpy. Just, yeah. Just one of those things that's like, it's very calming. It's very relaxing, puts you in such like a, a neutral mood for me, at least like, it's just, you know, it, it kind of just encapsulate encapsulates that, uh, that relaxation that music kind of gives out. 88. Great. 88. You gotta, Great. gotta give it the great 88. Gotta give it the great 88. I totally agree. Love it. I want to. I want to be a man. I think I'm just. I want to listen to it again. I want to be a savage boy. Um. Okay, that's it. Uh, please write us an email at how to waste your at gmail dot com. Remember that's how to waste your at gmail dot com. We'll read it on air. We'll consume your content and we'll um talk to you. But for now, we have to go. Hopefully, get started on a dresser uh, before D-Ray has to go to work and I have to go to work. I got goofy banjo. That too. Okay, love you, bye.